855-450-3733. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line here on the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live. It's Mark. And Stephanie. You can give us a call at 855-450-3733. Check out freetalklive.com there. We have not only is it an interactive radio program where you can call in and take control of the airwaves, but it's an interactive website where you can log on and take control of the, well, I don't know, what are those things, the oscilloscope, the gyrate and stuff on the internet? Uh, you can take control of that, too. <laughs> How about the tubes? The tubes, right. Take control of the tubes. Take control of the tubes. Uh, you can put up stories or blog posts or videos or whatever you want there at uh, freetalklive.com, and people will vote them up, vote them down. You can do the same with theirs, and, uh, well, you know, stuff rises to the top. Gets a lot more eyes than, oh, I don't know, whatever it is that you would, your your blog. <laughs> Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Stephanie, you've got a disturbing story. I mean, we do a oh, lot yeah. of these, I guess, disturbing stories. A um, story that, well, shows somebody being less than classy, I guess. Yeah, and in this case, it's it's about a gay relationship. That's not what's less classy about it. It's what's less classy is that there is a um, very anti-immigration, famously anti-immigration sheriff who has who apparently had a a lover who was a an illegal immigrant and they broke up and basically now the sheriff is threatening this guy with deportation. Oh god. Yeah. Classy. Yeah. So here's the headline. Uh this is from Phoenix New Times. It says Paul Babo's Mexican ex-lover says sheriff's attorney threatened him with deportation. It's by Monica Alonzo. Pinal County Sheriff Paul Babo, who became the face of Arizona border security nationally after he started stridently opposing illegal immigration, threatened his Mexican ex-lover with deportation when the man refused to promise never to disclose their years-long relationship, did the former boyfriend and his lawyer tell New Times. The latest of the alleged threats were made through Babo's personal attorney, who's also running the sheriff's campaign for Congress in District 4, the ex-lover says. Moving on up from sheriff to Congress, huh? Yeah. I yeah. See. He wanted to. He wanted the lover to sign a non-disclosure agreement about their relationship, which apparently went on for years. Yeah. If you're going to want a sh- uh, non-disclosure agreement signed, you want to do that ahead of time. Yeah. Shh. Don't <laughs> tell anybody. <laughs> he says lawyer. You could- know, I had this only uh, t- uh, peripherally related to this. I uh, used to work for Clear Channel and they wanted mm-hmm. me to, to sign a non-compete after I'd been working there for many months, they just kept oh. on sliding an empty con- a blank contract into my uh, mailbox. I kept on dropping them into the garbage can. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's well, a good you idea. Fire me? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, some people might be afraid that they would get fired in that uh, situation, but then it's like, well, that's not a reason to fire somebody because they won't sign a contract after you made an agreement to work for them. Uh, well, you know, um, I call it uh, call it vanity, but I, I guess I consider myself to be too valuable of an employee for them to fire over not signing that uh, piece of paper. There you go. That's a good position to be in. So here, back to this article. He says, lawyer, uh, Jose, the lover, says, lawyer Christy Rose demanded he sign an agreement that he would never breathe a word about the affair. But Jose, New Times, is withholding his last name because Babo and his attorney have challenged his legal status, Refused. The 34-year-old from Central Mexico charges that the sh- sheriff's lawyer warned against mentioning the affair with Babo. DeRose, who's the lawyer, said gossip about Babo would focus attention on Jose, attention that could result in his deportation, ah. Jose says. <laughs> I see how it was phrased now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, if you talk about this, it could result in deportation. You never know. You don't want that kind of attention. Yeah, and later on in this article, it says it, it shows a series of text messages between Jose and this guy, Babo, mm-hmm. the sheriff, and 
he's basically saying you're going to get deported and so is your brother and things like that. Mm. So, yeah, pretty. The threats apparently got more direct after so this. I'm wondering here: is it a threat or is it a prediction of the future? You know, like I could say, Stephanie, if you walk, keep walking out in the street without looking both ways, you're going to get hit by a truck. I'm not threatening to run you over. Mm-hmm. I'm predicting that a truck may hit you. Yeah. Um, and it could very well be a car because it's a really bad. Practice. But it'd be different if you said. I drive my truck for pretty fast uh, at night, and I don't really look for pretty women walking in the road. <laughs> <laughs> so, but but I'm, what I'm wondering here is 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 was there a direct statement like, "Look, if you don't keep your mouth shut, I'm going to make sure you get deported," versus a statement like, "Look, somebody who runs their yakker a lot about uh, you know issues like this is going to is going to engender a great deal of media attention, and that media yeah. attention." Could result since your, uh, you know, your status here is is uh, arguable, then you know it could result in your deportation. And I think I've read the number was uh, seventy or eighty percent of illegal aliens are here basically on overstayed visas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's extremely common, and uh, it, it's not all just Mexicans too. I think that's the stereotype, but people from all over the place. Yeah. Mexicans are a uh, large uh, percentage, uh, maybe even to, maybe even to the point of a majority of people that are here uh, without you know documentation. It's easy. It's mm-hmm. right next door. You know, I mean, you have to if you're coming from Central America, you got to make it all the way through Mexico <laughs> in order to get here. Yeah, if but you're I coming think, from China, it, which is as I understand the yeah, uh, there's the, a very high percentage of Chinese. Uh, immigrants who are not don't have legal status or something, right? A surprisingly high yeah. um, number of people, you know, from China. Because I mean, you know, they're you know they talk about putting up a wall, um, you know, along the the southern border, and well, you know, they've there's a much bigger wall called the Pacific Ocean between uh, us and China, mm-hmm. but somehow or another they do manage to get over here and you know do it illegally. So you know, the idea that the government can secure the border seems to be to to some extent a fa- fantasy. Yeah. So getting back to your original question, Mark, about about this threat and sort of how it was phrased, um, there are some text messages between Jose and the sheriff that were, sh- were shared. Yeah. Bebo, who were shared with this. Um, boo-boo. Boo-boo. <laughs> well, he calls him the sheriff calls Jose Poppy in one of the texts. But, oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> somebody's somebody's a bottom. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hey, to each their own, but you know. uh, yeah, yeah, right. You know, I got no problems with it. I'm well, but one of the things about this, the sh- as a sheriff, you, I, I guess, it came to mind that uh, a sheriff would be a top. The uh, terminology and the the the. Oh, gay... you never know what people are into, you know. I mean, oh yeah, the, the parlance in the gay community is that the uh, the top is the pitcher and the bottom is the catcher, and um, you know, is that don't ask me how I know all this. <laughs> well, I mean, so uh, the the thing about this story is that there's a. A very strong current of hypocrisy here, because oh, yeah. on one hand, you know, this guy, it, his work, his job is to stop illegal immigration. And he even became really a public face. A, it really isn't a sheriff's job to do that. Um, I mean, a sheriff mm-hmm. basically is yeah, meant to true. enforce a, a you know state and local uh, statutes and ordinances, whereas immigration rules tend to be federal. Now, some states have decided that they want their law enforcement to focus on this. And, mm-hmm. and to, to some extent, um, you know, especially in the southern United States, uh, Georgia, Alabama, and I think Mississippi have uh, all done stuff like this. And it has been to their detriment. I mean, you know, yes. you've seen uh, farm crops rotting in the fields. They can't find people to uh, to pick them. People and leave the state because they're just afraid to be there. Heck Thank yeah. You. I mean, yeah. I don't know if 
I don't know that I would want, if I looked like that, to be hassled all the time. I yeah. mean, you know, do I want to have to prove my citizenship whenever a uh, police officer wants to talk to me? Yeah, and even as a person who is clear, pretty clearly Caucasian, like that's not the kind of society I want to live in where there's constantly of, harassing people. Speaking of which, I have helped two illegal immigrants that were Caucasian from Europe mm-hmm. get jobs. Wow. I mean, you know, I meant a friend of mine had construction crews and what did he care right yeah there you go <laughs> when somebody would could swing a hammer and yeah. uh, you know we put these put these guys to work well you know the other thing about this story is that it sounded like this this sheriff babo was trying to conceal maybe remain closeted about the fact that he was gay it can't be good for your sheriff sheriff and career y- probably not yeah and i think that you know it's unfortunate that people have those stereotypes but he had a profile on the website Adam for Adam which is a gay dating website really? it was more for like hookups apparently according to this article hookups. and it has a, a screenshot of his profile in there that's you know describing his penis and all kinds of other things and I wonder if that works out well at, so uh, it, it's kind of hard Adam. to stay closeted well the picture cuts off his face i suppose but well, that's certainly yeah. you can identify him based on the, the rest of his picture so you can identify the sheriff based on the rest of his picture he's got a tattoo and there's another picture it seems of like you have to know a little bit about him i've got a tat- i've got a couple of tattoos you don't know what they look like sure yeah um but there's a picture of him Cute above butterfly that perfectly uh clothed and he's he's with jose the lover and he's got his hand on his bare chest and it, it's pretty clearly like a love picture oh yeah and based on the the adam for adam profile too it it looks like the same person so hmm. there you go uh, well uh, if he's sh- not trying that hard to be closeted 855-450-3733 your thoughts on the uh, sheriff trying to kick out his ex-lover 855-450 free free talk live you want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate well i know a guy who's really great it's the porcupine realtor do you want a home with 20 acres a lakeside cabin any takers for renters buyers and sellers too mark warden is the guy for you porcupinerealtor.com Free Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call in line, 855-450-3733. You can call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about. We've uh, been talking about a situation here where it appears as though there's uh, a little gay intrigue going on. And what, 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 Where's this uh, Sheriff Bebo from? Uh, I think it's Arizona. Arizona? Yeah. Anyway. Uh, before we go on with the article, the Free State Project's Liberty Forum is coming up next weekend. Uh, it's going on from Thursday through Sunday. Oh That's the yeah, twenty third through twenty sixth. I'm excited about it. <laughs> Me um, too. You can, if you know, you can still you can still come to the Liberty Forum if you want. It's at uh, the uh, the elegant. Nashua Crown Plaza Hotel, and there's all kinds of speakers going to be there. Carlos Miller from Photography is Not a Crime, Jody Emery from Cannabis Culture Magazine, Peter Schiff, uh, the Dr. Doom, the guy who uh, predicted the, the recession before everybody else did, Prax Girl, John Bush, Joel Salatin, from, uh, the author of You Can Farm. He's a big uh, food activist. 
If you uh, go to freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum, you can get your uh, tickets there. Sign up with coupon code FTL2012 in order to get a 10% discount. There are several different types of uh, tickets, whether you want meals or not or day, which days you want to be there. It's freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum, coupon code FTL2012. So, Stephanie, go on with your article here. Yeah, so just for a brief recap, there's um, a sheriff in Arizona, Pinal County, named Paul Babo, and he is a very uh, public face of uh, opposing illegal immigration. He's very anti-immigrant, and apparently he had a years-long relationship with a Mexican man who was his, who was uh, an undocumented immigrant, or his legal status was in question, yep. and then uh, allegedly used his attorney, the sheriff did, to threaten this guy, Jose, who's withholding his last name for fear of, you know, being deported. Uh, he, he probably he uses, felt pretty secure in his uh, status there prior to that when he was, uh, you know, messing around with the sheriff. Yeah, I suppose so. And and this is very interesting. So allegedly this Jose was threatened with uh, deportation as well as his family. Uh, it says Jose says he met Babo in October 2006 on Gay.com, a dating website. What started with an online invitation from Babo for the two to get together, he says, turned into not only a personal relationship, but a professional one. Jose says he created and maintained Babo's campaign website, oh my. his Facebook page, and his Twitter account. So he's got campaign staff that's illegal <laughs> illegal aliens bringing, bringing gay folks in from Mexico and giving them jobs. I mean, this is just too, too good to make up, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's sort of. <laughs> it's the hypocrisy. Uh, Babo didn't pay him for his online services, he claims. So uh, maybe, you know. Maybe it was. Gay Mexican slave labor. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> right, exactly. And now he's threatening to send the guy back. Yeah. Um, so Jose says Bebo told him that he loved him and was with him exclusively, but Jose suspected Bebo was lying. The relationship soured, and then Jose, Jose believes what Bebo, that Bebo sent his lawyer after him. He says uh, the lawyer demanded the passwords to Bebo's websites and social media accounts. Jose complied, but that but said that Bebo and his attorney also wanted Jose to sign a document that would bind him legally to keep silent about the relationship. Uh, that's when Jose started basically lashing out on news websites featuring stories about Bebo. Mm. He posted this picture of what was alleged to be his um, profile on AdamForAdam.com, which mm. this article says is where website where gay gay men arrange sexual liaisons. Uh, it, Jose you know, shared text messages. Uh, go it's, ahead, Mark. it's not always easy to keep a good relationship with an ex, and um, I, you know, no. I, mean, I understand how it, things. It should get, be though. Bumpy, I mean, but uh, you know, I mean, I. I <laughs> It's always best if you treat the other person as though they're a person, right? I mean, oh you know, yeah, and I know it can be hard. I mean, sometimes they can, you know, people people are hurt and oftentimes uh, afterwards, and they can say mean things, and uh, it's not always easy to uh, let these mean things slide. But you know, this sheriff looks like he probably messed with the wrong gay illegal immigrant uh, by you know treating this guy poorly. I'm, I'm really glad Jose is speaking out and and making this public. Because uh, it's so important. I mean, this this hypocrisy. It's like I I feel extra offended at the story because not offended, but I I feel really a lot of empathy for Jose. He's mm-hmm. in a really tough position, oh, yeah. and this guy Babo. If this if all these allegations are true, then that means you know he really doesn't think of 
it seems like he really doesn't think of illegal immigrants, especially Mexicans, as people. Like, because well, he's willing to, to he... like use the government to to like try to keep them out of the border and deport them and stuff like that. But it sounds like he he's but also he's kind of objectifying to this, them too. I if mean, he's willing to do this to to a, a illegal immigrant that he has been in, he was in a years long relationship with that he yeah. gave the power to control his Facebook and uh, campaign websites and things like that, he just doesn't consider people to be people. He's uh, the kind of person that's uh, you know one of the kind of sociopath out there that is. Uh, so self-serving that once they're done with you, they want to throw you away like a tissue, mm-hmm. and they want you to go away. The kind of uh, yeah, you know, yeah. that that kind of individual. And I, I don't know if I'd go so far as to say he, he's a sociopath, but he's definitely showing a real lack of concern and regard for so others. So, what do you hang the sociopath? Uh, I just think that that this on. is kind of a, a whole other subject. But I just think like there's this popular book, The Sociopath Next Door, mm-hmm. and there's all these things about. Four percent of the population to twenty five percent. Some people say are sociopaths, and mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think it's that high, and I don't think twenty percent seems helps high. to label people as sociopaths. A lot of people just label others as sociopaths when they don't like them. You yeah. know what I mean? Labels do have a tendency to dehumanize an individual. Yeah. I can see how that I was using it in that fashion. But if you, but he's definitely showing that he's not. He doesn't care about this guy. That he kind of self serving behavior yeah. is is indicative of that kind of personality. Is the, um, the you know? I mean, I, I don't know what reaches the level of sociopathy actually i don't even use the term anymore um it's uh, one of those old terms they've thrown away like uh melancholy but <laughs> i don't know i've seen there are lots of books that have come out recently about sociopathy like there's i think there's a professor at harvard who's um who studies it and has written this book you know claiming that there are 25 percent of the population are sociopaths or well uh, you know whatever you can write in just in, today whatever I, you can write on pieces of paper i saw an to article books. today about how to spot a sociopath on a first date and it was yes. like it was riddled with these like inaccuracies it seemed like and it just seemed like okay if you go out with someone and they're they're kind of not really you know hearing you or not really uh treating you as you'd like to be treated then they're a sociopath and they're dangerous, you know, and it's like if you're going to label someone a sociopath, does that mean what they should be locked up and taken out of society or what does that, oh, I think what does that mean? You I know? think to me what it means is a person who has a sufficiently um, small amount of concern for their fellow human being. Um, a lot of people don't have as much concern for their fellow human being as maybe we would like. But um, I have found that the very best... You don't have concern for your... Not much, uh, honestly, but I have found... Do you think you're a sociopath? I I think that I may uh, exhibit some of these uh, these terms, but I'm speaking to all the other sociopaths out there. If you don't want to be treated like a sociopath, don't act like one. You know, like... Well, that's the thing about so-called sociopaths. They don't act like them. They're very charming and charismatic, usually. That's what they say. You know, but... At some point or another, it comes out because mm-hmm. they're going to be self-serving. The very best yeah. way to be self-serving in this world is to pretend like other people's feelings matter. And <laughs> wow, Mark. And then over time, you, you know, know, hey, you know, that's how you operate in the Mark, world. I don't think you're a sociopath. And I, I don't even think you have a lack of concern for other people because the way that you've treated me as a as a partner on the show has showed that you cared and that you do care what I think. And you take me into account when you make decisions, you know. Yeah, I'm working on it. Uh, 855-450-3733, Free Talk Live. What's sociopath mean to you? 855-450-FREE, Free Talk Live. Hi, I'm... 
I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. Eight fifty five four fifty free. It's the SACL toll free call in line eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about. We've been, I don't know, banding about the idea of sociopathy, talking about this uh, this uh, clearly self serving sheriff who is uh, trying to get his uh, ex lover deported because. Revenge. Not exactly even sure. sure. Uh, Yeah. And, you know, speaking of serving oneself, gold.freetalklive.com. If you uh, buy your gold and silver there, you can serve yourself by getting uh, the the medals, the precious medals that you wish to have, whether they're gold and silver. Lots of people getting uh, gold and silver right now as a hedge against inflation. Investment, barter currency. Just saw an article this week, which, uh, you know, these a lot of these articles are kind of um, – uh, they they bolster your own position. You tend to read them if they bolster your own position. And this this article was on uh, Mercury Dimes, and I'm a big fan of Mercury Dimes because yeah. uh, they're they're small. You can uh, do lots of trading with them back and forth. You can do business with other people that want to accept silver with them. They're clearly and obviously, uh, you know, they're they're silver because they're ninety percent silver because they're a mercury dime. Yep. And they're obviously not a regular dime. You don't have to look at the date and squint at it. Uh, I don't know about you. <laughs> You've got nice young eyes, Stephanie. You can see the date on a coin. Hey, I'm wearing glasses. You're not. <laughs> I have an uncorrectable vision problem. Gotcha. I, I suspect my vision is not as good as yours in those glasses. <laughs> but gold.freetalklive.com. You can also serve me by uh, going there and buying your gold and silver. It uh, you know we get uh, we get a percentage of it when you do. Midas Resources. They take good care of you. Uh, you know, fast shipping, and they've got what they are purveying there. It's gold.freetalklive.com. So, Stephanie, you uh, pulled up the article on how to spot a sociopath on the first date. Is that? Yeah, I have that. But first, I just want to read really briefly a little okay. introduction from this book called The Sociopath Next Door, which I mentioned. This is up to 20 percent. Uh, the claim that up to 20 percent of uh, I think society I, can, I conflated it. So this book okay. is by Mark Martha Stout, who is a Harvard psychologist, and she says that up to four percent of people are sociopaths, one in 25. And I, I think, don't disagree with that number. I think I disagree with it, especially okay. after reading this description. Listen to this. Who is the devil you know? Is it your lying, cheating ex-husband? Is it your sadistic high school gym teacher? Is it your boss who loves to humiliate people in meetings? The colleague who stole your idea and passed it off as her own? In the pages of The Sociopath Next Door, you will realize that your ex was not just misunderstood. He's a sociopath. And your boss, teacher, and colleague, they may be sociopaths too. So basically, it just sounds like they're saying... Okay, well, anybody who who you don't like their behavior, anybody who did something that you weren't happy with, label them as a sociopath. They probably are. Okay, so um, I can see where you're coming from on this, and I agree that labels are a good way to uh, you know sort of kill somebody off in your mind that you don't have to think about them anymore. You've now yeah. put them in a box. You can't empathize and- with someone. Unless you think of them as a human like yourself. I would, however, contend that there is there is the sociopath in all of us. That uh, the sociopath. Oh, now it's in all of us. <laughs> right. So I'm actually I'm, I'm spreading the label to everyone. Um, and, you know, like I'm willing to say that 
certainly. I don't think to... it's. I. I don't think I have any sociopath in me. Okay. Well, uh, I, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't suspect a sociopath to say that. Um, so, <laughs> so they. You know what? What my contention is, is that sociopathy is self-serving to the point of. Uh, you know, like an actions enough actions uh, by a person to be that are self-serving to the point of. Uh, you know, harming other people. That is what to me a sociopath does. They. They are willing to. They serve themselves over other people to the detriment of other people on a regular basis. This and book says they basically define a sociopath as someone who has no ability whatsoever to feel shame, guilt or remorse. So they're capable of basically hurting other people without feeling any conscience about it. Yeah, I couldn't tell you what that's like. Um, you know, I mean, I, yeah. I've got regret all over. So I guess <laughs> we're using different definitions of yeah, sociopath. Clearly, um, I, yeah, clearly we are. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so what I think about when this is brought to mind is the way things used to be. Alexander the Great is considered to be great because he killed a lot of people. And there was a time yeah. in human history not too long ago, very, very recently within, you know, and I think I think we're only moving out of it now where people tended to look at other human beings as these, you know, as animals, as, uh, you know, just Things to be used and yeah. and destroyed and thrown away and uh, in whatever way they wished, and to me that's sociopathy. Um, you know the, the the in that that line of thinking. Yeah. Um, Do you think, Mark, that people's basically compassion for other human beings and their empathy can be essentially turned off if they're really traumatized and a lot of bad things happen to them in their life? Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I think that it all comes from childhood. Um, mm-hmm. or a lot of it comes from childhood. Yeah, that, I think it's very important. And, Childhood is very important. And you can never do it as a parent. You can never do it right, but you can do it better than others. <laughs> um, and, you know, that's that's what I think. I think I hope that most parents aspire to, uh, you know, not, not that they have all the tools to do it or the, uh, you know, the, the right. Yeah, theories or whatever. I, well, I think there's evidence that parenting is getting less violent and more peaceful over time. I just read an article a couple of days back uh, that said that there are like 8,000 villages in Africa who have uh, sworn off female genital mutilation, which used to oh. be in some places like completely ubiquitous. And That's so great. things are changing and, and for the better, at least I hope so. Um, it, but there's still a lot of violence in the world. You know, um, the world is moving to a more humane place over time. And now that we have communication, especially like the Internet and stuff like that, and people are that are and people that are wealthy enough to concern themselves. Many people that are concerned with a social, a, a superior social environment on the planet tend to be people that uh, want to see, uh, you know, the government use its power to equitably distribute wealth. That, however, doesn't Sometimes. allow people. So it tends to be. I mean, I'm only making it. Uh, I'm making a generalization, and I'm using uh, you know generalized language. The, uh, but what they don't tend to look at is it is the wealthy that take the they have the time to make these steps. Poor people don't go to the Peace Corps. You know, um, they're. They tend to be, and and I don't even know the Peace Corps. I don't even know what the Peace Corps does hmm. uh, specifically. Well, actually. But. I, I don't know. I mean, this isn't a scientific sample, but I know a lot of people in my life who've come from kind of like little means, like families, kind of lower class background, mm-hmm. who have done lots of volunteer work, especially around the world. Like mm-hmm. maybe not necessarily with the Peace Corps specifically. Well, just because but, they're poor by American standards doesn't make them poor. Um, I mean, yeah, you got to take a worldview of poverty. Sure. And, you know, I mean, different people have different capacities. If I if I was making the kind of money that some very wealthy people were making in the United States, I don't know how I would live that's much differently than I live today. I 
I certainly want a car that doesn't break down on a regular basis. I have that, and I'm pleased. Um, You know, and I have AAA in case that does happen. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I don't need my house to be very, very large, or uh, I don't have to have a very expensive automobile or anything like that. Some people might argue that you can become kind of chained down by stuff. You know, like you have so much stuff, and you're just worried about maintaining it and getting even more stuff because you got to keep up with the Joneses. And it's very detrimental to personal freedom in some ways. Yeah, yeah. You can, uh, you know, do you own your stuff or does it own you? Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, that, yeah, it, it's absolutely true. So, you know, what, what, how would my life be different if I was extraordinarily wealthy? I'd probably be trying to help other people with my wealth while still doing the things that I want to do. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do a lot of volunteer work. Um, I mean, it's just... You Not know, everybody does. I, but I, but I, there are other ways to help people besides money. volunteering. And, yeah. you know, <laughs> <laughs> but right now, I, one of my concerns are uh, is, you know, taking care of debts and things like, you know, the average well, Americans so, Mark, are. speaking of this whole topic of sociopaths and empathy and compassion for others, do you think that, there, that when people do charitable acts or ostensibly charitable acts you think that there there is really a self-interested purpose in that i do yeah Um, i do too yeah i think that makes you feel good it gives you a psychological payoff absolutely i think that uh, i think that everybody that everything that everybody does all the time they do in order to make themselves feel better whether it's good (laughs) or bad um things that they do and so they're only that's why it's not personal. If somebody does something bad to you, it's not personal. They're trying to – they're living in their own little world and they're attempting to make themselves feel better in that little world. And, you know, it's certainly painful when people hurt you. There's no doubt about it. But at the same time, that train of thought allows you to forgive a lot more easily. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm torn. I'm I'm thinking about that statement that it's not personal and I think a lot of people would hear that and say, well, yeah, of course it's personal if somebody does a heinous crime to me, right? Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, it hurt me personally. I can get where they're coming from on yeah. that, but the the person who's committing the crime if they're doing something heinous to you, they don't even consider you to be a real person. So they're not dealing with a person. They're dealing with an object or a thing. Yeah, I don't think that would make me feel better about it though to uh, know that, you know. I, I, you know, it's it's, yeah. a, it's a mental illness. 855-450-3733. I think forgiveness is good for the forgiver. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. Here on Free Talk Live, we've been pretty excited about the Bitcoin. It's a decentralized, free market digital currency. You can learn more about it at weusecoins.com. But if you already have some Bitcoins and you'd like to spend them, you can spend them at spendbitcoins.com. When you spend Bitcoins on Amazon via SpendBitcoins.com, Free Talk Live gets a cut. Or if you're an Australian trying to figure out how to buy Bitcoins, you can buy them with cash at au.spendbitcoins.com. Once again, that's SpendBitcoins.com. Free Talk Live, 855-453. The SACL toll-free call in line, 855-450-3733. You can call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about. I guess we've been talking about sociopathy and uh, the, the, the way it manifests or doesn't manifest itself. or The, over, over, the overuse of the, sociopathy. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm certainly guilty of this, I've got to say. Uh, check out archives.freetalklive.com. There, we give away completely selflessly. <laughs> More than five years. Yeah, it's completely selfless. <laughs> it's completely selfless. There's no Why way. Why should that be a virtue anyway? I mean, <laughs> isn't everybody interested in themselves? Like, we wouldn't survive if we're not 
keeping our self interest. Right, in self interest is <laughs> self interest is is a virtue. Yeah. Um, now, exactly. I mean, but it has to be applied all properly. Randian on me. <laughs> <laughs> I like I know. I am feeling Randy. The mm-hmm. um, archives.freetalklive.com. Archives going back for five years there. You can get as many as you want. Well, I mean, I guess you'd have to. There's, it's limited to the number that there are, but uh, they're five years worth. Go get them at archives.freetalklive.com. Completely free. It's archives.freetalklive.com. Stephanie, you have this article on how I can find out a, a sociopath on my first date with them. Yeah. I I would like to preface this by just saying I think this is probably an example of how the label of sociopath is way overused. And it I think the reason why books like The Sociopath Next Door and articles like this are so popular is because people want to label others as sociopaths. They're mm-hmm. like, well, this person did something I didn't like. Blame. So they must be a sociopath. Okay. You know, it's uh, it, it wasn't my fault. It wasn't anything, you know, they're a sociopath. And so I, I can from, ignore them now. I come from the we're all effed up camp. So, um, you know, I, I, I don't tend to minimize people just based on you know some kind of label because i'm not saying that's a label different than me but go ahead well how could you not be a little effed up if you grow up in this culture well, this just in general, no. i don't think there is a perfect culture no no uh so well, t- tell me how the, I culture has cult in it so <laughs> <laughs> anyway um so these are like the 10 ways from opednews.com that you can spot a sociopath on the first date uh, it says charisma i'll just read you some of these top 10 mark and you can think of how many you fit okay okay Charisma and charm. Got that one, yep. Enormous ego. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about something else. Yes. <laughs> Sexual magnetism. That's, that's what I was talking about, yes. <laughs> Intense eye contact. Well, it's important to keep eye contact. I mean, you know, the, the sales books tell you to get eye contact, and, and now they're saying that anybody I mean, who has too much eye contact. But this is so vague that anybody could fit it, you know? <laughs> like, maybe. So you have too much eye contact with me. You're a sociopath. Yeah, and. I just, I. That's why I think this is an example of how this label you, is way overused. When you're interested in what somebody's saying, don't you have eye contact with them? Yeah, yeah. Maybe what it's saying to some extent is if you have a bad feeling about somebody, you should go with that bad feeling. Um, yeah, they, under the intense eye contact one, they say, call it the predatory stare. If you get a chill down your spine when they look at you, pay attention. Oh, Mark is staring at me. <laughs> trying to creeper. <laughs> trying to give you a big, big, big weird stare. I don't get a chill down my spine when you st- when you make eye contact with me, Mark. And did you see the M and M's commercial where they've got this uh, Mr. Hungry Eyes and they play no. that song from the eighties? Hungry Eyes. <laughs> I love that, that song. That's pretty creepy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, okay. So and another one is they blame others. A lot of people blame others. Overly attentive. Right, they well, call the, and text others, constantly. Blaming others, by the way, is it, you know that's the that's the golden. Pattern pathway to unhappiness um yeah i, I feel that you're you responsible be so much more for pa- your feelings and everything else yeah well, I, if you if you're responsible for everything in your life then you can work on yourself in order to make a better life you mm-hmm. can't work on other people it doesn't work yeah uh, so you know you spend time blaming well blame yeah like you said blaming others is a very convenient way to not take responsibility for certain things and i do think that we we have a degree of responsibility for everything that goes on in our lives um, but but yeah, do you see how these are really vague, Mark? Yes, I mean, they're yes. they're just it, it gives you. Are there ads it, along the side of the page? Yes, that's good. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and uh, <laughs> the board op says, "Crap, I'm a sociopath." Yeah, I'm a sociopath too. By this definition, I'm charismatic and charming. So that makes me a sociopath. Uh, sociopaths. Give us a call at eight five five four five zero free. <laughs> <laughs> right. So yeah, I mean that was just a, a cute little article, but was that the whole list? 
Um, well, there's there's ten of them. I think I read pretty much all of them. But one of the things I left out was lies and gaps in their story. It says you ask questions and the answers are vague. They tell stupid lies. They tell outrageous lies. They lies. They lie when they'd better make out telling the truth. If you probe- keep an eye out for lies, I'm I'm mm. for that. If uh, you know, yeah. If a story doesn't make sense, yeah, but I tend to there hunt that are, there thing are down. some people out there who will advocate. Basically, just saying anything you could possibly do to get a woman to have sex with you, you know. Oh, I'm not saying it's not done, and or I'm not man, saying I haven't maybe. done I it. Um, I, you don't have to lie to men to have sex for, to get them to have sex with you. <laughs> that's why. That's why on the gay websites they're showing pictures of their junk. Okay, I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, you know, I, 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 maybe some gay guys have to be lied to in order to get them into bed, but that doesn't. Uh, but yeah, li- I agree that that lies are definitely a problem, but. I wouldn't say that I think a lot of people lie. I mean, look at dating websites. Like how much of that information is really accurate? Do you do you tell someone your exact weight if you're on a dating website? Do you tell someone your exact height? Do you tell them your income? Do you omit certain things? I mean, a lot of people tell I wouldn't tell them my income lies I mean, when it know. comes to dating because they're not confident in what they have or whatever. Well, why would you tell them your income? I mean, some dating websites will list that that that's one thing you can list. Uh, yeah, I've seen it. Seen it that uh, you can list that. I can't imagine why people do it. And- I couldn't. I wouldn't believe anybody <laughs> that they put on there. I mean, because if you really had money, like, why would you want to advertise that? Like, because wouldn't right. someone? The just- people with money aren't going to tell you what kind of money they have, and the people without money are going to lie to you, but they have too much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is just really bad information. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. a, it's an opportunity to tell a lie. <laughs> Yeah. I can't imagine why anybody would use that, but you know, whatever. Maybe they. But a lot of times, when you're filling out these things online, you feel like you have to fill every slot out, and so you know. <laughs> or you'll have that. more likely a chance of success if you. I, I but just, sometimes yeah. that picture from ten years ago is just a better picture, you know. <laughs> That's why they say that if you're if you're going on online dating websites, you know, you should try to get multiple pictures of the person and even like video chat with them to make sure that they're a real person. Oh yeah, yeah, they are what they say they are internet's full of trolls out there that will uh, waste your time for some reason or it or could even be like an undercover cop or something like that you True. know pretending to be a i don't know a 16 year old girl or something like that i suppose yeah. that's a possibility i'm sure there there have been stories like that on free talk live before i mean there wasn't there just a story about a cop who an undercover cop who like went into a high school and was like befriending the little boys and like texting them yes. i love you and things like that 25 year old police yeah. officer um and uh you know she's tweeting and texting and, and Facebooking with all these young men and mm-hmm. managed to get a few of them to uh, come up with a very small amount of marijuana for her that she gave a little bit of money to and then busted these kids for felonies. You know, just Sweet. That's point, yeah, very nice. pointless. But <laughs> yeah, that's, and I don't think that's sociopathic I mean, they're, they're never going to trust anybody for the rest of their lives after that kind of experience. I don't think that activity is sociopathic, but I do think that they're hiding behind the veil of uh, government for um, you know what, what I would consider immoral actions. Um, you yeah. know, I mean, it's in trying to entrap. It actually happened to a, a kid in my high school. Um, it definitely it, sounds like entrapment. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't describe it any other way. Yeah, it would seem like it, it, it is to me. What happened to the kid in your high school? Uh, basically, there was this female cop that came in and did exactly this. And, wow. Um, I mean, he was... Yeah, according to his stories, and I, you know, these are the kind of things you can't know for certain. Mm-hmm. They'd done it, and wow, you know, that put makes. I don't know. I don't know what the rules are in, in you know, the late eighties in in Florida on statutory rape. But you know, this kid was seventeen at the time, maybe eighteen. Um, and if you represent yourself to be someone that you are not and lie about every detail of yourself, I I think that 
the person's consent who is having sex with the person they think they are they think you are is dubious in that so she situation. raped him she it's, raped him it's it's getting close it's it's getting it's a gray area some guys pay good money for that oh boy <laughs> <laughs> well anyway mark so <laughs> i think that's it on the sociopath thing i just i just wanted to make the point that i think it it can get a little over I, the top. I don't disagree with your ter- <laughs> uh, with your with your belief that people overuse the terminology but at the same time i, I think that when when we're looking at um you know, sort of self-serving attitudes that those are the ones that I will label uh, sociopathic here. As a matter of fact, I've got a uh, quote from the, the Wikipedia article here. Um, it says, uh, let's see, according to let's see, a pervasive pattern of disregard for and violation of the, the rights of others that begins in uh, childhood or early adolescence, continues on to adulthood, as indicated by three or more of the following. Failure to conform to social norms with respect to lawful behaviors is indicated by repeated performing acts that are. So does that mean like half the people in Keene are sociopaths because they don't conform to social law, no, norms of we following read, the laws? We haven't read all of the. the it's going to be two of the three. Oh, like like a lot of psychological diagnoses it's a it's a um what is it called a, a chinese menu you know you pick one from column a one from column b and then you have a sociopath i love but, those uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, i'm just saying it's a nebulous definition it there's no test for it mm. you know uh so i i'm wary i'm skeptical of that diagnosis you to leave them with a briefcase of a thousand dollars they run off of it they, they fail the test eight five five four five zero three well you wouldn't need a briefcase for a thousand dollars would you it's an expensive test eight five five four five zero free free talk live <laughs> As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes be the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call in line, 855-450-3733. Call in, take control of the show, 855-450-FREE. At freetalklive.com, we've got lots of different ways to listen to the show. Not only are we on more than 100 great radio stations across America, but we've got, we're on XM. Uh, on Sunday nights, we're on Extreme Talk. We're also on Free-to-Air Satellite. Got a, you know, if you've got a free to air satellite dish uh, anywhere in North America, you can listen to Free Talk Live. Live streams at uh, just go to listen.freetalklive.com. There's the webcam. You can, there's a link there, to, but it's, you know, the direct one is cam.freetalklive.com. And listen lines, uh, telephone numbers that you can call in anywhere in America and listen to Free Talk Live right over your cell phone if you can't listen any other way. It's listen.freetalklive.com. Stephanie, you've got an article and one of my favorite things to talk about. One of mm-hmm. these uh, bizarre things that uh, I, I enjoy discussing. The American one cent piece. Mm-hmm. And not just the one cent piece, but the five cent too. Oh, really? This, yeah. is, this is mostly focusing on pennies, though. So this is from Silver Underground, the blog for the Silver Circle movie. If you go there, you can see the trailer for it. Mm-hmm. It's like a 
animated film that's coming out soon. But the um, guy who uh, put it together, put it all together, Pasha Roberts, and I actually really enjoy sitting down and talking about things like this. Mm. Go ahead. So the headline is Fed Friday: Change We Can't Believe in. We can't believe in. At current metal prices, it costs 2.4 cents to make a penny and 11.2 cents to make a nickel. 2.4. More than twice the base value. Yes, it costs (laughs) 2.4 cents to make a penny. And how much? 11.2 cents to make a nickel. Uh, More than 11 cents. More than 2 cents to make a penny. More than 11 cents to make a nickel. Okay, great. Yeah, and I mean, if you add that up... The government is really eating a lot of that cost, right? It's nuts. Yeah. I mean, well, I'm sure they make up for it because, hey, they're the government. They can print money, right? (laughs) But when they're making pennies at 2.4 cents and nickels at 11.2 cents, I mean, if it were a private company who was minting coins, they would... They wouldn't be able to sustain themselves by doing that, you know? It's, it's insane. It, yeah, it's, it's absolutely It doesn't insanity. make sense. And, you know, to some extent, the American one-cent piece has been marginalized. A lot of places don't bother giving your change down to the penny. Or mm-hmm. they'll take it right out of a jar they keep there on the counter. Yep. I mean, there are like ma- the major retailers tend to be a little better about having pennies and, you know, giving the good change. But mm-hmm. if you go to... Shoot, most uh, convenience stores and a lot of the mom and pop places around and, and stuff like that, they've got a little thing right there on the counter. It's full of pennies. Even if you nickels need one, and dimes. Like, I remember when I was a kid, you could buy candy or gum with nickels and dimes, but now it's a quarter, 50 cents, a dollar, you know? It's a dollar for a candy bar. And I hear yeah. Michelle Obama's uh, mandating that they need to, that need to be smaller. Oh boy, it seems like they're getting smaller anyway, aren't they? It does seem that way. Cuz of inflation, so they just, you know, they keep it the same price but they make the package smaller. Yeah. Anyway, if you want one of those giant king-size Snicker bars <laughs> I used to get, uh, you know, 15 years ago, you probably pay 3 bucks for it now. Yeah, especially it, at the movies. It doesn't even make any sense. That adds to buy. like five times the price. <laughs> if you're gonna buy candy, you might as well buy it in the large packaging at the you know at the at, at the, the bulk store. At yeah, the bulk store as mm-hmm. opposed to getting it in a convenience store. Because I mean, I really, it's a dollar for a soda. It's a dollar for a candy bar. It's nuts. <laughs> You're mad as hell. You're not going to take it anymore. Well, I don't take it anymore because I don't buy much of that stuff. (laughs) Yeah, it's probably not the the best interest of your long-term health to be eating that stuff anyway. I had a slip up this last week. It shows inflation. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah. You want to talk about that on the air? Well, I mean, I had a a caffeinated soda and I went on the air and nobody knew. Oh, boy. So then the next day, I had another. And then I said to myself, Living on the edge. You've got a problem. Mark, you've got a problem again. (laughs) And so I, you know, stopped. I didn't need it. Yeah, I don't need it. Wow. Okay, well, back to this article. Um, it, so it costs tw- two point four cents to make a penny and eleven point two cents to make a nickel. It says, "I got to tell you, it's truly sickening to watch a, to watch mainstream talking heads report this and laugh like it's just some goofy piece of trivia, and not a really bad sign for the long term health of an economy." Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> but don't worry, our fearless ex- executioner in chief has the answer. This week, President Obama asked Congress for permission to change the mix of metal that goes into these coins because apparently the zinc and tinfoil they're made of now is right. just too expensive. <laughs> right. Never mind the long-forgotten days when they were actually made of copper and nickel. Indeed. Pennies have pennies used to actually be made of copper, but now they're only copper-plated. Since 1982, pennies have been 97.5% zinc, which is about the least expensive metal you can find except for steel. Get this. The administrative overhead alone to make a penny costs half a cent. So even with the cheapest alloy they can concoct, they can't get it cheap enough. <laughs> Here at Silver Underground, we often talk about You know, you could bring the... down the government just by hoarding pennies. I mean, yeah. 
<laughs> exactly. Well, it sounds like well, pretty it, soon. I mean, I've heard talk of them apparently. like phasing them out. You know what yes. I mean? Like phasing out pennies. Thing, that's the point I'm trying to make. If they didn't make any more pennies, it wouldn't matter. Yeah. I They're mean, irrelevant. People would just start making prices at f- the five cent break, mm-hmm. you know, or they'd round up, they'd round down. But I mean, how many people out there are going to get really upset if they lose or gain three cents on a sale? Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, uh, I think they would just round up to the nearest five cents or right. whatever. Some state, the states could uh, set their, uh, their their sales tax. Most states have sales tax. Uh, could set their sales tax laws to be such that they, you know, essentially round out prices to the nearest nickel. More money for them, right? right. <laughs> so uh, I'm not suggesting. I'm you know, just saying that. It, <laughs> yeah, don't it, give them any ideas. You don't like, need this thing. This the American one cent piece is it, 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 it's a white elephant yeah have you ever seen those machines mark that you can get i think some of them are in like tourist sites i think they used to be at like the old man in the mountain in new hampshire mm-hmm. where you can put a penny in and it basically smushes the penny with a roller that imprints it with some kind of a stamp and then yes. you have like a commemorative oval shaped thing that once was a penny sure well i mean Technically, those are illegal. That's destruction of currency or defacing of currency mm-hmm. or something like that. And uh, realizing that was a big uh, shock for me because it was like, wow, they're really? everywhere. You could be a criminal for just putting one of these pennies in these. Machines. I think what they really don't want people doing is getting currency and melting it down uh, yes. for, the, for the base metals. Because if you make a penny for two point four cents, and then somebody melts down something they paid a penny for mm-hmm. in order to get, you know, the uh, what penny and a half worth of metal out of it yep. by the way you wouldn't be looking for new pennies you'd be looking for old ones in this uh, case but actually the old ones tend to to some extent they bolster the new ones mm-hmm. just because they're out there and people are still using them i mean every once in a while you still run across a wheat penny yeah absolutely so and, and actually just going along the lines of what you just said mark it says uh in this article at silver underground we often talk about the melt value of an old silver dime but we're getting to the point now where spikes in the zinc market are putting the U.S. mint over budget. These days, it's nickels that are made mostly of copper, 75% copper and 15% nickel to be precise. But even without the overhead, the raw melt value of a nickel is about six cents right now. So basically, the nickels of today are what yesterday's pennies were. And the pennies of today would not be worth the effort of salvaging the metal in yesterday's economy. Mm. And it's still not cheap enough. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, these things, it just kind of shows... The effects of inflation, the uh, the increase in the value of different metals as opposed to U.S. currency, and it's it seems pretty obvious that the dollar is kind of going down in flames. You know? Right at some point, and every another, denomination thereof. At some point or another, they're going to have to use like Pez candies for uh, for pennies. I mean, it's right. just it's getting ludicrous <laughs> how much the dollar has been debased. And if you take a look at 1913, what you could buy for a certain amount of silver versus what you can buy for it now, it tends to be pretty much steady. Mm-hmm. Pretty much steady. I mean, there's certainly fluctuations in, in metal and stuff like that, but it's pretty steady compared to the United States dollar, which has lost something like 97% of its purchasing power in that amount of time. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't help the American people. That helps the 1%, if you want to use that terminology. Yeah, because they, the ones that are politically connected and who have connections on Wall Street and stuff are the ones who see the new money first. Like when right. the government prints money, it gets it has to work its way through the system so that everybody understands that, okay, now there's more dollars, there's more money out there, the value of each one is going to be less. And right? by print, you really mean, because the government doesn't really print money anymore, it just enters yeah, stuff in Yeah, that's computers. true. Mm-hmm. But by print, you mean... Uh, it's yeah, it's I mean, a little easier to explain it using that metaphor, The new right? dollars that are really 
you know, ones and zeros, mm-hmm. uh, digital currency. They go through the the big banks into the, the the other banks, and they go into the the Wall Street companies and and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. These companies that get the the huge uh, the, this huge help from the Federal Reserve, and it doesn't help the little guy. All their savings is just depleted over. Yeah, time. by the time those newly printed or oldly printed money gets to them, it's already worth less. Inflation has already uh, it, the market has adjusted. Yes, and the money that they had in savings. Has been um, yes. diminished too. It decreases, discourages saving. 855 450 free. Free Talk Live. 855 450 3733. Americans are losing their wealth. People are rioting in the streets. For years, the American people have ignored the assaults on our liberty. The book in plain sight, The Disregarded Truth, not only reveals the truths and the deceptive tactics that have caused the decline of our liberty, but also identifies and explains how we, the American people, can restart what was once a free America. It's time to wake up, protect our liberty, and return the government back to its proper role. It's time to know the truth. Order in plain sight. The Disregarded Truth today at Amazon.com. One eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Sacral toll free call in line here on the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live with Mark and Stephanie. It's eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Real quick, you don't have enough time to sit down and read a book anymore. Audiobooks are a great way of getting in the reading that you want to do without carving time out of your day to sit down and read a book. Audible.com is a leading provider of premium digital spoken audio information and entertainment. Whether it's uh, business, classics, fiction, erotica, history, science fiction, every book category out there, they've got it. More than 150,000 titles available to you. You can uh, listen to them when you're working out or in the garden, commuting, whatever time of day you've got. And some people work at jobs, by the way, that they their ears are free to do what they want and it makes it great i mean this uh, this helps you to you know you're learning things you're being entertained uh, all the while by audible.com and uh, you can get a free download try it out see how it works out for you get a free gold membership and with that comes a download at audiblepodcast.com/ftl it's audiblepodcast.com/ftl FTL is in Free Talk Live. And I think it's a great – it's great. I mean it's awesome to be able to, to listen to the books. And you know, a lot of them out there that I want to uh, consume but just don't feel like I have the time, I can do it with Audible. Audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. Stephanie, let's go to the phones. It's uh, Thunderhawk in Georgia. Listening on XM. Thunderhawk, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Thunderhawk. I just wanted me to say thunder, He's flying. thunder hawk on the air. <laughs> well, we'll put him back on hold. Maybe, uh, maybe they'll come back. Maybe they won't. I was curious what he had to say. Uh, well, I mean, just the name makes you not every day curious. you hear a name like that. So uh, we were talking about the uh, the American one cent piece and uh, just how ludicrous the the thing has gotten. But there's another story. It's from gameranx.com. Gamer ranks. Game, game ranks. I'm going to call it GameRanks.com. Anyway, <laughs> written by Elizabeth uh, Deloria. So this kid is playing Call of Duty. It's a video. What's game. Call of Duty? It's a video game, okay. a very realistic video game of uh, modern warfare. Okay. And uh, the 
SWAT show up thinking he's really a gunman in his house. No, this isn't some oh kind my. of ad campaign showcasing how realistic the game is. This is something that actually happened. A teenage wow. boy in Louisville, Texas, was chatting away with his friends in the lobby of a Call of, of Call of Duty Black Ops game between a match. Some dude just popped out of nowhere and basically said he's going to hack me. He's going to get my information, call the SWAT team over to my front yard. The teenager, whose parents have asked that his name not be used, told CBS. The teenager, using common sense, ignored the threat and kept on playing. Yeah. Hey, what else do you How do? How could someone scene? get your information? You never know. Yeah, I suppose, but it sounds like an empty threat. But apparently it wasn't. <laughs> All right. Roughly 20 minutes later, um, Louisville received a call f- from an operator with the AT&T Instant Message Relay Service. That's a service designed to allow hearing impaired users to reach someone with a standard telephone. I've uh, We've actually gotten calls on the air. Been some mm-hmm. time. But, um, you know, people will type things in. Yep. And then, uh, you know, a person, an operator will read it mm-hmm. to the other person and it's, it's supposed to, you know, it's supposed to be an interface. The operators had received the message that uh, someone had been shot and someone inside the teen's house still had a gun. The police soon arrived. Uh, by the way, if this is services for deaf people, how would you know somebody's been shot? The police soon arrived Good at the question. Louisville home where a little uh, and were a little confused when they saw no signs of a shooting. The boy's parents. And what are the signs of a shooting in a house? Bodies. I don't know. Right, they, they don't hang out the window. <laughs> Holes in the wall. Uh, I'm not sure. Cinder block? Yeah. <laughs> Chaos. The boy's parents soon noticed a SWAT team was surrounding their house, and while the teen's name was called from a bullhorn. Oh, my. Jimmy, step out of the house. Jimmy, we know wow. you're in there. <laughs> You'll never get me. While we're all scared out of our minds, the teen said, I didn't understand why they were here. Yeah, they forgot about this, I'm sure. We thought that there was some strange stranger, um, some dude running around our house hiding behind the boat. We didn't know. We weren't expecting anything. Well, the teen says he didn't know who pulled the prank. The the, the police are currently uh, investigating the matter. You know, it's just, uh, can you imagine what this might be like? Well, uh, did it escalate beyond them calling his name and then what did they talk Fortunately, to Fortunately, no, but there okay. are 40, what, uh, hey, there's a SWAT raid in this country every, every 40 seconds. Yeah. Statistically, some of them have to be bad and some of them have to be pranks. And yeah. a lot of them have the wrong address. You know, of course, the news stories where people get shot um, during botched spot, uh, SWAT raids, those are the ones that make the news. Yep. Uh, people that are taken without much incident aren't. But, you know, a lot of times there's kids involved. If if they're busting into a house that's got a bale of marijuana or whatever in it, you know, there's kids there. And what does that do for those kids, uh, you know, feelings of safety in their home and mm. things like that? Yeah. Uh, it looks like Thunderhawk is back. So let's give him uh, another try. Thunderhawk, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Uh, can you hear me? I can now. Okay, great. Uh, I uh, was kind of amazed that uh, the Fed complaining about the cost of the penny and the nickel. Yep. Uh, for coins that would last seventy-five to a hundred years in circulation, uh, but they don't complain about the five point three cents per bill that it cost them to lend the currency into the system. Uh, in the uh, means of uh, uh, business loans and mortgages mm-hmm. at full face value. 
can you explain how it, where does that 5.3 number come from? Or I'm just a little well, that's wondering. What, okay. All right. What, what happens is the Fed needs currency to put into the system. They call the Treasury. The Treasury orders the Mint to print the money, whatever sure. denomination it is. And then the Fed pays the Treasury 5.3 cents per bill, regardless of denomination. Yeah, right. It doesn't matter how many zeros is on it. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make a damn bit of difference, okay? And then they lend it back to us at full face value. Sure. They don't bitch about that, do they? No, that's a pretty good deal for them. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's as crooked as hell. So that's, We should do all yeah. our business in pennies. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> that way they would lose. That's right. But they won't they won't they won't lose on a penny and a nickel. They won't? Yeah, they'll find some way to get you know, get it so that Make they benefit. Just ten foil. Yeah. Thunderhawk, thanks for the call. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. He's pointing out, you know, the uh, the the crooked system as far as the creation of currency and what it costs uh, the government to create currency. It doesn't cost them anything. They just make it. Make it and and what are you gonna do? Yeah. You know, live with it, citizen. You don't have to like it. You just have to live with it. And you know, <laughs> well, every time they create, I don't have create... to live with it because I I like to try to make use of alternative currency, barter other things if I possibly can. But what metals. percentage? What percentage of your uh, transactions a week are some? It's getting more. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, more. you know, it's it's nice to be able to do it. There's yeah. no doubt. I still use FRNs for sure, but yeah. Yeah. you know, your, just your rent or your uh, mortgage. Try is to difficult at least. To I'd like to see other options, and so I try to live that principle yeah. if I can. Your call's up next, 855-450-FREE, Free Talk Live. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. Eight fifty five four fifty three. That's the SACL toll free call in line. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Call in. Take control of the airwaves here on Free Talk Live. Mark and Stephanie. It's live Sunday edition. Eight five five four five zero free. Have you ever been the victim of an injustice and then decided to do nothing about it because attorneys are just too expensive? Jurisdictionary.com is a course for people who don't have attorneys. Arms you with uh, information on how to use the court's rules. And if you don't know those rules, you're fighting in the dark. If you don't know how to you know, motion the court or make objections upon what grounds to make the objections, you know, you're going to lose. <laughs> and to some extent, no doubt, it's practice. But you need to have the workbook, too. And Jurisdictionary.com is the workbook. It works for plaintiffs or defendants in civil or criminal matters in state or federal courts, costs less than an hour with any good attorney, and the four-CD course is so easy the average eighth grader can learn in a weekend. You could have... Instant access online to Jurisdictionary.com, and of course you'll get the four CD package in the mail. 
It's a great value. They also give you lots of free things on their website, uh, free le- weekly tips and tactics, newsletters, and a free legal dictionary, free videos. Buy the course. When you do, remember to use the pull-down menu. When you check out, let them know you heard it from Free Talk Live. It's jurisdictionary.com. All right, let's go to the phones. Mike in Virginia. Listen on an XM. Mike, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Hey, how are you guys? All is well. Hey, um, you know, I've heard a lot about this uh, redistribution of wealth. I mean, you know, Robin, Peter, PayPal, mm-hmm. Rich, give to the poor. You know, just, I mean, I don't know. I mean, is it right? Is it wrong? I mean, I, in one hand, I think, uh, you know, we, we, we take from people and give to others. I mean... In what world is that right? You know, I don't know. Yeah, I, Mike, I I agree with you. I think that uh, it's only charity if it's done voluntarily, you know, from the heart. And I, I don't think that's possible to, to force. And I'll, I definitely care about people who are having a hard time, maybe medical bills or whatever circumstances beyond their control. I have a lot of empathy for them. But I, I think it's way more meaningful if you support them uh, for of your own volition rather than, for instance, having the government forcibly take money from you. And, get and it's it not them. generosity if you demand that it's done to somebody else. Mm-hmm. And it's not very efficient either the way that the government does it. Like there's a lot of overhead and a lot uh, of overhead. Yeah. And I think the main reason, though, like the real reason I would oppose it is because of the the, the moral argument, essentially. You know, I'm, I, I think hey, we live in America, you know, land of the free, home of the brave and, and free. It's the, the real thing here. I mean, you're either we're, we're either free people or not. I think more nowadays it's becoming more not. towards the not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, unfortunately, but uh, you know, and I understand. I mean, I'm I am sympathetic. I understand that there are people that that are in need, and and I think that we can have some good programs, you know, in our government that that support those people. But I mean, how much of other people's money are we willing to take? Yeah, unfortunately, if if government programs, if they manage to help some people, and maybe they do, but you know, what are they also? What are the what are the abuse that's involved in that system too? I mean, what are the negative consequences? And we can't really ignore the fact that that money is taken by people who you know might not want to have it taken. Maybe they could use that to help themselves instead. One of the arguments for uh, the redistribution of wealth through uh, you know government charity type programs. I mean, uh, they're not really charity, but you know these these government uh, voluntary charity, right? <laughs> these uh, <laughs> entitlements program is that it allows people to keep their dignity rather than asking for money from a charity. They are able to keep their dignity by getting a check in the mail and um, you know the the expectation of that. But that and that argument at the expense of everybody else's dignity i mean well, the, uh, in, indeed i mean you know i don't know that uh, i don't know that there is or isn't, isn't dignity it un- involved. undignified to have your money taken but un- involuntarily this, this dignity aspect of it is the same sort of unaccountability that's going to drive up fraud i know that insurance companies claim that there's the 25 percent of insurance claims are fraudulent and they've got huge fraud departments that hunt people down and take video of them when they're you know making claims and all that kind of stuff the mm-hmm. government isn't hunting people down and taking video of people who are Getting welfare checks, these meager welfare checks, frankly, or whatever. It's, it, I mean, we really support a world where that's the case. I mean, the the recipient receives everything and has zero responsibility. I mean, I, I think about my own job and the requirements. You know, I have to get up, I have to be on time. I mean, God forbid, I'll lose my job. Sure, I have uh, all this, uh, re- all these responsibilities. You know, I mean, I have to even submit to a drug test. I mean, oh, God. 
not imagine. I mean, that's just ridiculous. I think that's unfortunate. The people that receive the benefits have none of these responsibilities. None. They have, so, Mike, are you say, are you suggesting up, don't, don't submit to a drug test? None of that. Are you well, suggesting that you would you think they should have to get drug tested in order to keep their welfare and stuff? Well, I would say that uh, not. I mean, you, know, you say drug test to receive welfare. Um, that sounds so terrible, but. Why not? Well, uh, here, I'll tell you why. Um, and remember, I come from the socially, uh, the, the you know, I, I tend to be a pretty socially conservative dude, but, uh, you know, fiscal issues are where I'm at. The reason is, is that they, um, you know, the governments will, and as you can imagine, it's fair that they recompense people who pass the drug tests um, for passing. So they, they, they pay for the drug test. So the person has to go pay for the drug test. If they pass, the government pays for it. If they don't, then they have to pay for it themselves. And um, if they do pass, of course, they get the welfare. And like 97 point something percent of the people pass. And so the savings. Yeah, there is was so a recent news item about this in Florida where yeah. they were drug testing. They, they are doing it in Florida yeah. and they've saved very little and spent a great deal on yep. doing the drug testing. So it hasn't worked. You know, I say if we're going to do drug point. testing. I mean, that, that really is a good point. But, yeah. But it, still, I mean, I, I still have all these responsibilities. And sure. But yet the recipient. You know, type person has none of the responsibilities. And, well, don't and forget all the benefits, and not to mention all all these programs that I pay into. You know, involuntary. I mean, taxes. Sure. I'm, well, don't I forget that the majority of your taxes go to the war machine, Mike. I mean, remember that. that The majority of your money for the taxes don't go to the welfare state. They go to the warfare state. Now, I think yeah. that both of these things are, are damaging, but you know, understand where, they, where the government allocates them and that the what inefficiencies I, in both of those areas. Right. I mean, I understand that a lot goes to defense. I mean – Oh, if you call that defense, yeah, it's more like If you call being in 130 we, we nations around the welfare state, I mean, America is the welfare state. We have the largest number of recipients of other people's income. Yeah, I, mean, I absolutely agree, uh, Mike. And you know, I hear a lot of maybe some frustration because you know, basically, you work hard, you do what you need to do, and take care of things, and make your money. And then you see a lot of people who just seem to get it from like on high. And I think that could be really frustrating, and a lot of people share in that. Um, it, right. Although, it, also, welfare does come... Too. I mean, mm-hmm. what, what is the role of the federal government? I mean, national defense, of course, that is that is a role of the federal government. Well, wait, well, so, let's step off of that for a second, as, though, Mike. Um, remember, the Founding Fathers, many of them made very, very, very clear that one of the things that they thought was the most dangerous to our freedom was a standing army. And, you yeah. know, this army hasn't stood down since World War II. Well, uh, you look in the Constitution, right? It doesn't really talk about a, uh, a full-time army, does it? Well, it's it, yeah. It says it has to be reallocated every two years. It talks about a full-time navy. Though. Yep. Well, uh, you know, and I mean, there's an argument for a full-time navy. Um, to some extent, the United States has used its uh, weight. You know, throwing its weight around to disallow other countries into certain ports. One of the reasons that Russia is supporting uh, Syria right now, um, you know, and, and I, you know, what's happening, the atrocities in Syria are, are awful. But one of the reasons Russia is still supporting Syria is because they can get its ships into its harbor. If they could put those uh, ships into Haifa and, uh, you know, Israel or something like that, maybe they wouldn't be supporting these atrocities. Right. Well, still, I mean, I don't want to uh, digress here, but I would tell you that. Uh you know, we, we do live in a welfare state, in an unprecedented welfare state. And where do we draw the line? I mean, it's almost as if, it truly is, I mean, it's not almost, it is, this, this type of government that we have right now 
is is very supportive of a recipient type person. Well, sure, isn't that isn't that just the nature of democracy? Yeah, and you, you actually both made the same point. Mike, thank you for the call. 855-450-3733. You can't have a democracy without promising people free stuff, and the only way you can get it is to tax the future generations. Yep, and my kid, you know, what's, what's the debt that's on my four-year-old? Mm. 855-450-FREE, Free Talk Live. Fallen Angel Toys is a tasteful company for adult desires and fetish fantasy. Thousands of items. Vibrators, literature, blindfolds, lubes, and more. Great for bachelorette parties or serious lifestylers. We're a family-owned business with new specials every week. Discreet packaging and shipping and safe, secure checkout through PayPal. Use code FDL at checkout for 25% off your first time. No minimum purchase required. That's FallenAngelToys.com. Free Talk Live, 855-453. SACL toll-free call in line, 855-450-3733. You can call in, talk about whatever you want, take control of the airwaves. It's Mark. And Stephanie. 855-450-3733. The live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live. Didn't get a chance to talk about that, but you know, hey, most radio you're hearing right now on a Sunday evening, not live. Free Talk Live. We are. We do it for you. It's... uh. 855-450-FREE. Let's just, yeah, we got some calls. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, take Drew from Madison, Wisconsin. Drew, you're on Free hey, Talk Mark, Live. How's it going? All's well. How's it going? Yeah, so we are talking about welfare, which is typically, you know, they you know, make the case of, oh, everybody's on drugs or whatever. But when you actually look at welfare spending, it's actually really the amount of welfare going to, like, people, if you exclude Social Security and Medicare, which a reasonable argument could be made that people pay into them or whatever, but... Uh, the actual amount going to people in like food stamp programs and transfer payments is actually really kind of small. But if you look at like corporate welfare, like literally the literally mm. the entire regulatory code and subsidy code goes directly to big corporations. So sure. That's a great point. Think, I'm yeah, really glad you brought that up, Drew. It's easier to write a big check to a big corporation than it is to write little checks to little little companies that are uh, doing things. There's there's no no doubt about it. But to some extent, when the, the, the folks that talk about corporate welfare, and I'm one of them, but some people will discuss tax breaks as though they are corporate welfare, and I don't look at it that way. As far as I'm concerned, tax breaks are theft breaks. And Yeah, well, shouldn't everybody be getting the break? But like, uh, with regard to tax breaks, like, I, I completely agree that tax breaks are not corporate welfare per, like, per se. However, like when you've got specific tax exemptions in the tax code for uh, cog consignments in one particular county of Georgia. What consignments? Yeah, def- uh, I, I heard about one. There's a, a tax break for specific, for specific uh, hog consignments in Georgia. Hogs? And hogs, like pigs. Mm. Okay, hogs. Gotcha. Okay. So when you have specific things written into the tax code for certain uh, for certain politically motivated things, and also too like with the east uh, with the uh, the solar and the green the green technology, that's all for a political means, not necessarily to give people their money back, but rather to encourage people to do something that the government wants them to do. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
Indeed. I mean, you know, there's it's it's a <laughs> it's a landmine filled path. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I mean, I, I can't call a tax break uh you know anything but an alleviation of theft, but, but at the is, same time, it, you're right. You can recognize it, it as like, a double standard. Yeah, it, it works like corporate welfare in a lot of ways. Yeah, you know, another thing I really wanted to mention to Mike that I didn't get a chance to say was that, by some estimates, more than fifty percent of Americans work for local, state, or federal government. You know, at some level, and or they have a family member who does. Yeah, yeah, and like they, they get, have income that's derived from. Yeah, I think it's I th- I want to say it's like 52 or 53% or, or something. Or they work through some contract for a company yes. that has a contract f- with the government or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, and that's so important to recognize because um federal workers and state and local too um earn higher salaries for like the, than the jobs that they do that they would do if they were in the private sector. Mm-hmm. They they are overpaid by some people's estimations and they also get pensions, you know, they it's notorious. Everybody's heard about these big pensions that yeah. sometimes are unfunded and they have to like, you know, take money from future generations to even think that they'll be able to pay them off. So true. that's an important I I see that as a form of sort of entitlement or or welfare too. True. Yeah, well, uh, I guess just to kind of wrap it up here, uh, if they're going to be starting to drug test welfare recipients that are getting food stamps, they might as well start uh, drug testing Jeffrey Immelt and other big CEOs of large politically connected corporations as well. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, to me, let's talk about before you, before the government's ready to uh, drug test anybody, let's start go- drug testing the government. Let's start with the t- politicians at the very highest office offices all the way down. And frankly, if you're going to be filling these highest offices in the land, you shouldn't have your brain addled in any way, shape, or form. So I want to include caffeine and alcohol for these people. If they're going to claim <laughs> that uh, having your, your you know mind altered in any way, shape, or form is sinful or bad or something like that, they shouldn't be doing it at all. Well, we already know that they behave hypocritically a lot of times. I don't even think that would be necessary. It probably costs a lot of money, right, Mark? Right. Well, I, <laughs> like we said for the welfare. To me, it would be worth it. <laughs> it's I don't want to pay for that. <laughs> I, it's absolutely worth it. And I'm just talking about the 536 people, that's uh, Congress, uh, the Senate, and uh, the White House, that uh, claim to be in charge. Let's drug test the 536 people. We can get away. It would be pretty cheap. Drew, thanks for the call. 855-450-3733. Let's go to Nick in Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live, Nick. It's on your mind. Hello. Um, before I begin, uh, for the record, after my call last Sunday, you guessed I took a minute and a half. I checked the podcast, and including the part I had to repeat, it was 51 seconds. You said to keep it under a minute. <laughs> that was Micro Machines, Nick, that <laughs> called hilarious. in last week. It was great. Oh. Uh, anyway, I have not found the moral argument against redistribution of wealth to be very effective with the people I know. And I would think that it's because it's a, it's a multifaceted issue, and it's very hard to prove the justice of free market economics without going deep into economics. And furthermore, in the system we have right now, there are also many undeserving wealthy who make it uh, easy to see why people think that uh, the rich in general are, are not deserving of all the wealth that they have. Yeah, furthermore, that's true. Yeah. And then on top of that, there there is an entire mentality which is very pervasive that taxation is not really coercion. Because people, well, the first argument is uh, people 
consent, the tacit consent argument. You know, if you're staying in a country, then you're agreeing to its rules. Every bit as much as a person who hates their cell phone contract is still consenting to it, even if they complain loudly about it. Uh, the other argument is taxes are just the price of being a member of society, and those who won't pay are breaching that contract and need to be punished with imprisonment. Um, so you should just accept anything. <laughs> And, right. And under that uh, statement, then, I mean, the claim is, why not take 100%? I mean, if the government yeah. is good at taking 50% if that's the of price of wealth, admission, then let's well, just take 100% of their wealth it. and then kick the money back out to them. Um, you know, I mean, that, that would be the way that I would uh, rebut that statement. So, I mean, Nick, I, I'm curious, like, what do you think is a more effective way to address that question? I'm still searching for the most effective ways, but... All I know is that in my own personal case, I came to the ideas of liberty uh, first by the uh, arguments from effect, and it took a lot of uh, learning economics and things like that in order to see exactly why free market economics are more just. Because what I was taught in school, and this goes back to the old uh, indoctrination problem, I, you know, we read stories like Grapes of Wrath and The Jungle and all these basically propaganda pieces right. that that uh, make all these cases for why the free market should not be allowed to reign unchecked because you get these these horrible problems and when you have an education like that those ideas can uh, can stick pretty hard in the mind yeah it's the foundation for accepting those beliefs sure yeah the the, the suggestion is that the government's any good at doing any of those things i think that uh, you know the rich people should make efforts to help other people in their communities and around the world and i live that i mean you know i mm-hmm. I, give, I give money to different organizations as much as i can i'm not a wealthy man uh, like so many on the radio but i give what i can to organizations that i think are going to do a good job whether it's uh, you know getting some family in uh, new guinea a, a a bunch of rabbits that they can breed so that they can Kiva have loans, a meat source right What's that? kiva loans yeah kiva loans is another thing those? Yeah, but you I, I can like, give some, you know, you can give people a goat, mm-hmm. and you know, I mean, a goat so you, you is really darn valuable in some a, places. A loan to to get them to buy a goat themselves, and then get that money back to loan out to other people. But I like what you said, Mark, about living by example, um, and uh, I also like what Nick said about that there are lots of uh, sort of undes- people view them as undeserving rich that have money because they've they've gotten basically state granted privileges, and yes. uh, it's important to point that out. Yeah, go ahead, Nick. There are a couple of very successful arguments I've made, though, that are sort of on the periphery of the arguments for liberty, and I think they are ones that can be more easily agreed to even by people who have that, uh, that, that false education. One of them is the argument for secession. Uh, you know, just it's pretty easy to make uh, the case that, uh, well, you know, you've got people over in this region who believe this way and want to leave this w- and want to live this way. You've got people over in this region. So then, why is it that they both have to live under the same one-size-fits-all uh, system? And the other argument I have made that I got a lot of support for was, uh, why do these services that some people believe in and some don't, like Social Security, why do those have to be tied to the land? Why can't they be? Uh, international organizations that people who believe in that can sign on to. Hmm. Makes sense to me. Yep, thanks, thanks for, for sharing, call. Nick. <laughs> 855-450-3733. You can chime in on this or any other subject. 855-450-FREE. Free Talk Live.
Where do you want to go today? It's the 1,000 Places Travel Minute with Patricia Schultz, renowned travel expert and author of the number one New York Times bestseller, 1,000 Places to See Before You Die, with one more place to add to your traveler's life list. The Li River in Guilin, China, is one of my thousand places to see before you die. A cruise down the Li River in the Guangxi province of China is like floating through a classic Chinese scroll painting. From Guilin, the Jade River Li winds through spectacular, almost surreal scenery of humped-backed and eroded karst formations with whimsical names like Bat Hill, Five Tigers Catch a Goat, and Painting Brush Peak. Tour boats pass picturesque villages where young boys bathe the family water buffalo, women wash clothes, and farmers plow rice fields. Some 50 miles downriver, the small town of Yangshuo is the southern terminus of these river cruises. From here, day trips by bike over the surrounding green plains and forest-covered limestone peaks allow you to see some of China's most remarkable scenery. For more tips and information on the very best places to visit on your travels, please visit Patricia Schultz at 1000places.com. Do you know over 6 million people a year visit the Eiffel Tower? What you may not know is that just around the corner is a hidden cafe with the best croissants in Paris. When you travel with Trafalgar, you'll travel with an insider who will show you must-see sites and share unique experiences. So call 1-866-544-4434 today for a free brochure or visit us at Trafalgar.com. See the world from the inside with Trafalgar. Eight fifty five four fifty free. That's the SACL toll free call in line eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about. We've been uh, well talking about welfare, corporate welfare, tax entitlements, uh, tax breaks, that kind of thing. All this uh, stuff, government related. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Check out shop.freetalklive.com. You can do the shopping that you do online, whether it's through Amazon or Newegg. Get the same great service and, and that you're used to, same great prices you're used to, and you help Free Talk Live in the process. It's shop.freetalklive.com. Let's go to Ed in Tennessee. Ed, you're on Free Talk Live. Ed, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Hey, uh, kindness is the language which the deaf can hear and the blind can see. Oh, I like it. <laughs> Mark Twain. He's got hey, a lot of good quotes. That yeah, he does. Samuel Clemens fella. <laughs> I like that. That you know, I like. Hey, I like to have a little meeting with him. Uh, Jesus, Noam Chomsky, and probably a few more. I can't think of right <laughs> now. But, uh, I don't know if Mark Twain would like to meet with Jesus, but <laughs> yeah. Well, well, he, you know, he's a good guy. Assuming, <laughs> assuming Jesus ever existed, I mean, I'd certainly like to have a chance right, to right, talk yeah, to the fella. Yeah, if he did, yeah, yeah, if he did. But I'm, you know, it's, it's just a little. Anyway. There's a couple hey, yeah, of uh, talking about the welfare fraud. I agree with the earlier caller. It, uh, it's a drop in the bucket compared with the big picture. And I don't care if somebody cheats a little bit. I'd rather have a little cheating, and and for me to trust. You know, uh, if you uh, another little quote: "Perfect order is the forerunner of perfect horror." I don't want everything perfect. I don't care if somebody cheats a little bit on welfare. And Stephanie, like that article, I don't know if you read it in the Atlantic. You know, the brain on trial. Yeah, I did we actually. We have a lot of mentally ill people, and, and and who's to say who isn't? And it's a lot of people that don't want to get out of here. Like that guy was complaining about getting up, working and stuff. I'm sick of it too, having to 
alarm clocks going off. Think about what we do for money. The clocks go off <laughs> yeah. every morning. Just picture this. Everybody's jumping up, going here, going there. Well, and sometimes yeah. leaving but their kids alone and you stuff. You do understand, Ed, why somebody might be saying to themselves, you know, why am I? And, you know, the, the tax burden on the, the average individual is really high. Some would claim as high as 50% of your money goes to is, is, is essentially wasted in taxes um, of some level or another, state, federal. Oh, uh, uh, hey, uh, hey, Mark. Well, excuse me. Hey, you're talking to somebody that pays. I pay quarterly taxes, but uh, and I hate it. And I, hey, I want a tax break. Mm-hmm. Hey, you ought to see this. Uh, that Tom Coburn. You were talking about uh, the money to the super rich. Listen to this. We pay eighteen million dollar in child care tax credits. Uh, they get seventy four million. Listen, to this. these these people are millionaires. And you're not paying if it's a tax credit. Seventy four million in unemployment checks. You're, and listen, we pay twenty-one wow. billion dollars a year in taxes to them for their gambling losses, and this is from Tom. Colby, that's not you know, paying. Republican prick. No, no. The the that's a the, you you can write off gambling losses, um, and that's not a you're not paying it. Says here that it's a giveaway to millionaires is what Tom Coburn is saying. I don't know who Tom Coburn well, is. Well, there are. I mean, there but are. Like a, I said, John Stossel has covered this before about the different tax, you know, subsidies and uh, like there are rich people that have farms, like a little bit of farmland, and then sure. they get a ton of farm subsidies yep, or something, yep. and or they'll get much lower t- uh, tax rates. And I mean, right, you know, as far as I'm concerned, if you can put a beehive on your property, call it a bee farm, and you don't have to pay uh, property taxes, I'm fine with that. Um, I think. That that other people should know about it, but I'm fine with uh, people being able to pay fewer taxes as a result. If I could well, call it, myself, uh, you know, Free Talk Live is a show that talks about morality on a regular basis. If I could call Free Talk Live a church, and I'm not entirely sure I can't, and get away with not paying any taxes, I'm not going to feel bad about it. No, that'll help the people who that, think but, Ian's a cult. <laughs> but, but my point is, you shouldn't complain about anybody on welfare or anything. Well, if, if you're not paying any taxes, yeah, you certainly have, well, shouldn't. But the guy who called in sounds like your average working stiff who does have to do it. Well, have and his concerns are perfectly rational and, well, and I, valid. I and I like, too. Yeah. I have to do so, it. Like I said, I, I'm, a, I'm a contractor. Yeah, but I do care I if people cheat. Taxes, <laughs> but I'm not crying. I mean, I'm crying in a way that I do have to pay 30, 35%. And, and that's just your income. Them tax, Ed. Uh, don't mm-hmm. forget your, you know, your property tax where you live and the state uh, state income tax and, and the, the sales tax and then all the gasoline tax and then everything you buy has gas tax included and corporate tax included and all these other things. So, I mean, you know, it, it isn't just 35%. For you, it's probably closer to 60 of- Well, uh, oh, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I don't like it, but uh, I think all of it needs to be restructured. But all I agree. I'm saying is they're talking about drug testing people like y'all talked yeah. about earlier and that same and, and that, the people that think about it it's counterintuitive in it everybody would think the people receiving welfare are so bad doing drugs laying around and they do fewer drugs than the average population because yeah. y'all probably know 70 yeah, percent of employed employed people do drugs Wow, I, I didn't know that. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to claim. Does that mean? Know. Does that include alcohol and caffeine? It must. Yeah, yeah, alcohol. Okay. Well, because you know, think about it. It's a, hey, what is it? Uh, doctors. Uh, a lot of people drink alcohol. Sure. <laughs> it was one of the number one prescriptions when they outlawed alcohol, 
Yeah. <laughs> Y'all know that. Yeah, oh, they, they have medical alcohol. You can still get it medically for, uh, but during the first early days of prohibition, before it, uh, um, as as I understand, before it became a national thing, you could still get it uh, for for medical purposes. But Ed, you know, when when a guy when somebody calls in, you got to speak to them on their level, and that's why I talked to them that that gentleman specifically about the costs of doing uh, drug testing. And frankly, if drug right. testing made a lot of sense. You know, I I don't have a problem with drug testing anybody who gets any government money, whether that's corporate welfare, regular welfare, employees of the government, but specifically the politicians. I think that if they're going to pass down these mandates, they ought to have to live by them. There's a problem with that, Mark, in that that's an argument from effect. So then if it if it does turn out that somebody can say that. Yes, now it makes sense to drug test test people. Then you would be completely okay with that. I don't care about anybody who's taking government money. If you're taking government money, you're taking the you're, you're taking the bait and the trap. As far as I'm well, concerned, well, that is ninety. That's about ninety percent of the people. <laughs> well, you mean yeah. through? Uh, I don't believe we should drug test anybody, but I do agree with you that if if anybody's going to be drug tested, the ones writing the laws got to be drug tested first, and it won't even make it out of committee. No, it never has. It won't fly. Won't fly. Hey, Mark, hey, Stephanie, I got one for you, and I'll get off here if you want to. Uh, about the, and I don't want to get back into the spanking, Stephanie, but I know you'll like this quote. Okay. Mark, Lay it on uh, me. Take heed. Obedience out of fear isn't as effective as obedience out of understanding. Oh, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Thanks, Ed. Thank you. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three, and this is the reason I don't think you can, uh, you know, mandate mandate morality in in many ways. Um, you know, there's I, I certainly think some behavior there needs to be threats uh, inherent in in that sort of behavior. Oh, if really? It, it's, it's what harming, kind of threats? Harming people. Okay. If you know you, you harm that person, bad things are going to happen to you. That so, kind but of thing. if if uh, if using drugs is a victimless crime. Why would you drug test someone so you could punish them for that victimless crime? I mean, it doesn't make sense. You mean if they're receiving? Uh, yeah, if you like. As far as I, you know, I. Okay, so to some extent, they're receiving government money, and the government. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna drug test anybody. I'm just not gonna cry over somebody receiving government money having to, you know, go jump through another hoop. I don't care. Why should I care? I've Why? Was designed because my it, life. When it reinforces I, when I was the idea. Unemployed, I didn't even take unemployment, and that's an insurance policy that you pay into, and I've paid into. Yeah. I just don't believe in it. I don't want to go through the the hassles of dealing with the government. It's not from a moral standpoint. I just don't want to deal with those people. I'd rather go out and get a job riding a cab, driving a cab, than than take an unemployment check. I understand. And that. I have no problem. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with taking uh, unemployment. I just I don't want to do it. Yeah, I'd like to avoid bureaucracy in my life too. I'm just saying, like if you advocate in any way for drug testing, you have to realize that perpetrates the idea that it's it's okay to f- punish people for that, which is a victimless crime, and it's kind of an invasion of civil liberties too. Well, I do think? think that drugs and alcohol are road bu- are road bumps on the the road to success. And should if the government be dictating what's success? If you're <laughs> if, if you're receiving welfare, you are not successful. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three.
Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated radio program on more than 100 radio stations coast to coast. We've been named Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation thrice. And five times the best political podcast from podcastawards.com. You can have access to our more than 100 radio stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for less than $1,000 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. Talk Live, 855-453. It's the SACL toll-free call in line, 855-450-3733. You can call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about. Take control of the airwaves. If you're looking for camping, hunting, survival, or shooting gear, manventureoutpost.com's got everything the outdoors person needs, whether it's knives, ammunition, Scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, boating equipment. They've got the best rates, too. And a lot of people are looking at the best rates, uh, looking for the best rates on ammunition right now. Go check it out at manventureoutpost.com. They're family-owned, members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau. You can get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. That's uh, FTL is in free talk live at manventureoutpost.com. Get it quick. Get it from manventureoutpost.com. Stephanie, you got a story about uh, the TSA keeping us safe? I have, yeah, two stories that are kind of along the same lines. But uh, apparently there's a woman whose breasts were exposed to everybody during a vigorous TSA pat-down. This is what the article says. And uh, she's gotten a tiny settlement. uh, And this is from thesmokinggun.com. The headline, Tiny Payout in TSA Breast Exposure Lawsuit. Texan 24 paid $2,350 to settle airport frisking claim. Yeah, that's not too bad for a flashing. Uh, it's a non-consensual flashing. Oh, I see. <laughs> the, the, uh, the U.S. government, I mean, and this is really embarrassing. You'll see during the article. The U.S. government paid a paltry $2,350 to settle a lawsuit brought by a Texas woman who sued the Transportation Security Administration after her breasts were exposed during a vigorous frisking at the Texas airport. A vigorous frisking. Vigorous frisking. I mean, it, it almost makes it sound like it's fun, but <laughs> no. Uh, records show. In response to a Freedom of Information Act request, the, the Department of Justice released a copy of the settlement agreement reached earlier this year with Lindsay Murley, the 24-year-old Amarillo woman who sued the TSA for negligence and intentional infliction of emotional distress in connection with the May 2008 incident at the Corpus Christi Airport. So this has been like almost four years later, too. Not, oh, yeah. not only that. Justice's terrible swift sword. You yeah, know? exactly. Uh, the uh, the the settlement uh, does not con- constitute any admission by government officials of liability, fault, or wrongdoing. It also it yeah so has some stipulations about the legal fees, not to exceed twenty five percent of the settlement amount. But uh, Merley, pictured above, and she's a she looks like a twenty four year old woman, um, pretty pretty attractive, I would say. Uh, charged in her lawsuit that she was quote singled out for extended search procedures. Oh. And that a TSA agent frisked her and, quote, pulled the plaintiff's blouse completely down, exposing the plaintiff's breast to everyone in the area. You know, uh, it, it just it would seem that, uh, you know, if, if if you had the opportunity, uh, you know, the, a certain a, a certain type of uh, person, if they had the opportunity to uh, to molest uh, with a, with a little 
retribution uh, people at their line would probably pick some folks that they found attractive. Absolutely. There was just a a another recent article about a woman who was made to walk through the scanner like three or four times. She has a figure. Yes, and she uh, she heard the the TSA agent like radioing the guys in the back room that was like, "Okay, come on, guys, you've already seen enough," or something like that. Yeah, funny. And then she was asked if she played tennis because she had a quote cute figure. Nice. You you saw that, right? I did see the title. Um, To some extent, I wonder about the veracity of these things because it's a they're always one sided, you know. And I, but and and those those uh, monitors, they oh, but come on, Mark, do you really doubt that this would happen? I I know there's abuse in this area. Uh, You know, it's uh, do do I doubt? I mean, where was America when this stuff was being brought on board? You didn't think it was going to happen, you know? I, I don't think they got it really a choice. Anytime you put horn dogs in charge of uh, this kind of behavior, you're going to have this kind of behavior. Well, anyone, anytime you put people who are people unaccountable, like to frisking too. I mean, you know, what are you going to do? Everybody's a horn dog, but it's the unaccountability that's the problem, sure. right? Um, so TSA employees, Murley added, quote, joked and laughed about the incident for an extended period of time. After- oh, I'm sure. I'm sure they found that amusing. After leaving the security line to be, quote, consoled by an acquaintance who had brought her to the airport, Murley returned to the line where a male TSA worker said that she had wished he was there when she first first passed through. The employee, Murley recalled, added that he would have just he would just have to watch the video. Jeez. Ugh, that's. I mean, that's harassing to me. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty rough. Yeah. The incident left Murley, quote, extremely embarrassed and humiliated. Yeah, I bet she was embarrassed. I mean, that's I I've never heard of. I mean, I know they they supposedly pat you down all over your body and it's very invasive. Most people have complained about when they do this, they run their hand in between your legs and kind of move it around in there. I've never seen anybody complain that they actually had their chest exposed to everybody in the area. I go through um, the, you know, the pat down procedure every time rather than going through the the millimeter wave thing or whatever it's called. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I'm not entirely sure. I'm not entirely sure of the health implications of that thing. Um, And, you know, I don't intend to go through. And the last time I went, maybe it's the last time, last time I went through, you know, the the guy patted me down in a very professional fashion. I've never been patted down so professionally by, caressed so professionally by such a large man in my life. Um, but, you know, I, I don't, I don't have the same inhibitions that uh, that many that a lot of folks do. You know, hey, you know, get just let's let's get this over with. You want to feel these? Fine. I, I have whatever. An, if you want <laughs> to gentle. call it an inhibition, sure. But I definitely have a problem with being touched in a way that I don't want to be touched. Sure. You know, Isn't some people that, do. Well, I mean, parents have been teaching this to their children for as long as sure. I can remember. Don't no, let no. strangers don't touch, touch you. you there. That's your special spot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what they do, don't yeah, they? Yeah, but no, I mean, nobody should be putting their hands on you anywhere, regardless of where it is, if you don't want them to. Agreed. You know, and in, in this case, you don't have much of a choice. You can either go through the scanner, which a lot of people have concerns about, or you can be subjected to possibly having your breasts exposed to everybody in an entire area and then having to go through the line again and deal with this TSA worker saying that, well, he can't wait to watch the video of this happening to you. Do you think people are more shocked by uh, attractive young women um, being, uh, uh, you know, caressed and and watched and leered at uh, and and joked about? Or do you think they're more shocked by the kids? Because a lot of people seem to be shocked by kids being, uh, you know, getting the blue hand grope um, from TSA people. Yeah, I think with kids, there's an element of like, 
wow, they really couldn't consent because they, they didn't decide to buy the plane ticket or anything. Their mm-hmm. parents took them there. And it's like it definitely conjures up image of like e- these people are really doing something possibly inappropriate with children, maybe getting them used to being touched by strangers in these places that, you know, well, maybe later you, they'll confuse that message. And if somebody is, not, if somebody in authority says it's OK, then it's OK. And yeah, it right. does make you wonder where would people who uh, want to touch kids, uh, you know, just want to touch kids, where would they go to work? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, would they be leaders of uh, kids organizations whether it's scouts or uh, boys club or whatever it is uh would they be teachers would they i mean you know you can't would they be priests yeah but indeed i mean these these things happen any 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 of these areas where kids are are exposed to adults that they don't know it seems like they're going to be attracted to that now there's another story about uh, uh yeah know. this one is about a strip search at a government school and this is those both of these stories are bad but this one i really feel for this poor kid i was thinking coaches too that uh, the sandusky oh, case uh, absolutely yeah, certainly could happen parents Eight, be careful 855-450-3733 you got a tsa groping story 855-450 free free talk live Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 per month. You'll get perks and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, 855 4 feet. 855-450-3733. He can't say it right every time. You have pretty good accuracy, Mark. 855-453. It's a live Sunday edition, you can tell, of uh, Free Talk Live with Mark. And Stephanie. You can give us a call. Take over the airwaves. 855-450-3733. The state owns the land, but they don't own the water. To be free today, you'd need a boat. And not just any boat. A life yacht. The idea is it's a stable catamaran as big as a house that purifies its own water generates its own power, grows its own food, and has a shallow draft to be able to uh, get a four-wheel drive car or SUV ashore. From what I can tell, the technology's there to make this, uh, this item, and I think it'd be very exciting if they can create this life yacht, because with it, you could live free from nearly any government intrusion, and if you'd have any trouble, you weigh anchor, you sail away, and you'd have a seashore home anywhere in the world. So you're not always buying and selling houses and losing money. You always lose money in the process of buying and selling a house. Uh, life yacht, just pick up and sail away. You can be involved for as few as $1,000 and the commitment of as little as eight months. Go to ericksoncouncil.com. Check it out. Uh, we've got a banner at freetalklive.com. Just look for the, uh, the, the sailboat, the conceptualized sailboat there. It's ericksoncouncil.com. Let's go to the phones. Mary in Missouri, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Um, I was just listening to how you guys were saying that the people who are receiving the safety net should not be drug tested, but I totally disagree with it because I feel like drugs or whatever you choose to put in your body, you can do that, but it's a luxury item. So my tax dollars, if you can afford to buy drugs, then you can afford to buy food for your family. Stephanie, you were the one backing it up because I was not saying that. Yeah, I don't I don't doubt that there's a lot of abuse and and fraud and stuff in the welfare system and people uh 
use some of those that money to buy alcohol, especially and and cigarettes and stuff like that. But they're not testing them for alcohol and cigarettes. They're testing them for marijuana, cocaine, that kind of thing. Still a luxury item, though, isn't it? Well, sure, but you know that um, that that test that you mentioned in Florida, Mark, where they were testing their welfare recipients, yep. they actually found lower rates of drug use than the general population. It's true, they did. And it cost a lot of money to test them as well. And well, so, to some extent, they knew it was coming, so they would be able to, uh, you know, prepare for that. Mm-hmm. And to me, it absolutely is an argument from effect in the sense that. You know, if if this program costs more than a million dollars and saves, you know, it it saves a tenth of what it costs. It's it's not a it's not a viable program. It needs to be gotten rid of, and that's what that's what the deal is. Mary, well, I I agree with that to some certain extent, but how do you know that someone's not sending in their friends to do the drug testing for them? That's well, probably why. As I understand, drug they have to go to a lab. Um, you know, they may be. You know, there, there is a product called the Wizenator, which is a uh, little. I think that was banned or outlawed or something. That doesn't mean that's not available. Of you well, know, you sure, yeah, somebody could Kong. fill up a condom with some pee and put it in their pants or something. Something like that. Like that. Or they could bring. Or... You know, I I don't know what the kind of uh, drug testing that they're doing there, but uh, you know, they're they're doing it at a lab. They're not, uh, you know. Likely. Most of these drug testing labs have some mechanisms in place like, uh, well, in some places, like I read about um, drug testing that was going on at, at a school, like a government school mm-hmm. for sports teams. And they were actually watching the kids uh, d- give the sample. And that resulted in a big controversy, too, because it was like. Wow, that's pretty invasive. Yeah, it's a tough situation. I mean, you know, if if you want to if you want to make sure that the person's giving you a viable uh, your analysis sample, mm-hmm. you're going to have to see them take their pants down, look at their potty parts, yeah. and uh, who, go ahead. But Mary. who's really to say that the? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Nope. Who's the per, who really say that the person that's keen is really the person who's presenting their license? Well, yeah, I mean, I mean that's, that's why they have pictures on them. Sure, that's a that's a valid concern. Now, um, Mary, I, I want to ask you a question. You mentioned that. You know, your opposition to this or you, you're feeling that they should be drug tested is based on the drugs being a luxury item. Now, as I understand it, the some people get food stamps and they're used to buy food. But I think that you can buy things with food stamps like cupcakes and muffins and just things that most people oh. wouldn't really consider very nutritious. So, I mean, do you that think. Me. Yeah. It irates me when I go to Quick Trip, which is a local gas station and people are buying Red Bull. Like, that's my luxury item I drink Jaeger bombs with. Yep. You know, I I totally get this, but at the same time, when you consider that the government hands out huge subsidies to to big agra, these companies that make food that comes in boxes and bags, um, as opposed to, you know, real produce and stuff like that, real produce tends to get very little, uh, you know, very little in the way of, uh, of government funding. You, you have the. It's a reasonable expectation that the government is going to scratch. Uh, excuse me, scratch the backs of uh, of of the people that scratch theirs, and you know that's what's going to happen. Is they're going to make it so that it's no government program is ever going to be administered in a fashion that is going to be fair and just because those people that wish to make it unfair and unjust have uh, have a disproportionately large amount of control over the government program. Mm-hmm. I agree. Just like the free lunches are the free breakfast. You get in Missouri, like any child that goes to school in Missouri gets a free breakfast, and it's all sugar-loaded. It's not healthy at all. Sugar-loaf? Sugar-loaded. Oh, sugar-loaded. Yeah. Like it's hot parts and stuff. Like, it's horrible. Uh, Yeah, I believe that. that with the system in general. Mm. And, well, the federal government just voted um, on something to make pizza 
count as a vegetable under the <laughs> <laughs> that was that was uh, something that was under relatively the school recent. lunch program so yeah they're not it's got tomato paste in it for god's sake and at the same time they're throwing all this money at like childhood obesity and stuff like that and even taking away kids from their parents because the kids are too obese but yet they're counting pizza and tater tots as vegetables so something is wrong with the system yeah i uh, you know, as far as i'm concerned potatoes a grain and uh, tomato that's a fruit well it's a starch <laughs> not a grain but yeah, tomatoes are fruit. Sure. It falls into the category of uh, grains. But because pizza grains is not a tomato. <laughs> no, but there's some tomato on it. I mean, you could Tiny say that bit. it is a serving uh, or a half a serving or something of fruit, I suppose you could say. But, uh, you know, yeah. I don't know. The, it, it doesn't seem like a particularly healthy meal to me. Sure. Mary, th- uh, anything else? No, not really. Thanks Thank for the call. You. Thanks for the call. Okay. 855-450-3733. I'll reiterate again. I have, you know, there. it doesn't matter to me what the government does uh, to, to welfare recipients. Uh, you know, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, they should get off of it. Now, yeah, yeah. I think you need to have charity, and I do not think that uh, the biggest sin of the government is handing out uh, handing out welfare or anything like that. But if they want – if the prog- the drug testing, testing program actually worked in that it found a bunch of people, but it doesn't. It costs more than ten times – uh, you know, the, the savings is is less than a, is a tenth of what the cost is, and it just doesn't work. Yeah, one more thing about that. I th- I think there's this idea that if the government is going to pay people to live, they should get to control certain things about their lives, like their diet and drug use and stuff like that. And yeah, I think so there's that idea. Sure. Why don't we focus on just letting people control their own lives, but not paying them to exist? You that, know that's what, I mean? what I'd like to focus on. Yeah. Eight five five four five zero free. Just uh, bringing Tracy on the line there, and I guess we got dropped. Yeah. I'm sorry, Mark. I'd Hold open my mouth and it, what, say something. It's not your fault. Uh, it could very well have been Maybe, the, uh, you know, something Tracy could always call back. We do have a policy here that... Yes. Well, if, that wasn't, doesn't count as if a If there's a, a technical difficulty, yeah. Could very well be a, a hang-up or, you know, the phone dropped or whatever. You, yeah. You, you never know what's going on. Um, you Story of the uh, young person being... Uh, Strip-searched. Yeah. yeah. Strip-searched. Yes, in front of his classmates. This is awful. So it's from foxnews.com. Uh A Georgia middle school student claimed in a lawsuit Wednesday that he was humiliated and traumatized when he was brought to a vice principal's office and forced to strip in front of his classmates who said he had marijuana. Now, well, we'll read the the rest of this and then I guess comment. The student then in the seventh grade said he still suffers from emotional distress because his classmates taunted him by calling him Superman, the underwear he was wearing when he was strip searched. The student is suing the school district I've kept for American underwear on right now. What's the problem? Yeah. Hey, <laughs> you should be able to wear whatever underwear you want. But, you know, seventh grade is a very tough time. Yeah, sure. Kids find anything to make fun of you for. There's a really hierarchical mentality. Whoever Bullying thought is it really was a prevalent. good idea to strip search this kid in front of his classmates needs their head examined. Yeah, this clearly they weren't thinking of how it would affect him. Yeah. If you can't find it by doing a strip search. Maybe you should get a job where you don't do strip searches. Yeah. 855-450-3733. Coming up on the final segment of Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. (laughs) 
On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. Eight fifty-five, four fifty-three. I guess what am I giving that number for? It's the last segment of Free Talk Live. I suppose it's possible we could squeeze you in. I'm not hundred percent sure. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. The live Sunday edition with Mark and Stephanie. Let's just get straight to the calls here. Rick in Iowa. Rick, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Oh, I was just wondering. Uh... On those schools, they're searching those kids like that, and they're supposed to have the parents with them, or what kind of, how, how much uh, right does a school got with their kids? Well, actually, there was a Supreme Court case a couple of years ago where a girl was suspected of having ibuprofen, which is just Advil. You know, it's it's a pain reliever. It's not yeah, even over-the-counter. Yeah. yeah and, uh, for a headache. <laughs> yeah, and, and she they alleged that she had it inside of her bra or something and they strip searched her and she sued the school and it went all the way to the Supreme court. And I think she, I don't remember what happened, but I think she won that case. Yep. But the thing is, it don't even look like, you know, they act like they got the right to do anything. I mean, the way it sounds. It does. They, they would <laughs> they certainly, certainly like, like to they got think the right. that, yeah, <laughs> that they could do anything they want. They own when the it kids. Comes, when, it comes to, uh, when it comes down to it, though, Rick, it's not like they actually, you know, if, if the, the Supreme Court found for this girl, it's not like the principal or the vice principal or whoever did this lost their job. It's not like they're actually going to have, uh, you know, to, to pay for these, uh, whatever, whatever he, the He the actually did is. get fired about about a month later says this article and wow. but, the, but the student's mother says wow. that her son you know still hasn't recovered and this was years uh, ago they want so. to check now but you know i mean uh, well wouldn't you if this happened to you mark rick <laughs> i don't know well i don't know about all that about it being bothering me but it's just the idea of it you know i mean yeah uh, it looks like your parents should have to be there and if you'd have more rights it doesn't look like they can just just sit here in a public school i mean yeah, you ain't supposed to be doing things wrong, but it don't look like they can just the law into their own yeah, yeah, I think that absolutely, if they're going to be taking kids' clothes off, parents should be notified ahead of time. It seems crazy that they wouldn't do well, that. Yeah. They, they don't but, bother they, to do it. Want, they don't want, they don't want to, call, to call you and tell you, well, we just searched your son right now. You know, yep. Kinda, but if the cops want to... Before. But Rick, if the cops want to search your kid, they're certainly not going to give you a call. Yeah. Well, it, I don't think they got I would see that they have a right to do it without uh, you either. I'm with you. I, I'm with you. I agree with you completely. Thanks for the call. 855-450-3733. If they're going to hold me responsible for the care and um, maintenance of that child, and they do, then they should be able But they still to, think they own them. <laughs> they shouldn't be able to, to, to go strip searching them without me present. I mean, in this case, it was done under the guise of, you know, some other students, how reliable are they, giving a tip that this guy had drugs, and it seemed like it was just done to embarrass him. I mean, why else would they strip search him in front of his friends? Or the other students, I, you know, probably what I'm thinking here is is that the the vice principal or whomever did this, and to, in our in my case, it would have been the vice principal, mm-hmm. um, was probably like, well, okay, where am I supposed to look, kids? And 
you know, these were the kids reporting that he had marijuana. So, you know, he made him turn out his pockets and didn't find any drugs. And then as he begged for more privacy, one thing led to another. Yeah, exactly. Pretty soon I've got the boy naked. That's what they said. Yeah. And no drugs were ever found. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, he might actually have an advantage that the kids were in the room because if he'd have got the kids down to his underwear and he hadn't found anything at that point, he may have had to find something to uh, to justify his uh, search. Let's go to Ava in North Carolina. Ava, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Okay, thank you. I listen to a lot of talk shows and they have all the problems but no answers. And they, I say to myself, why don't they look in the Bible and Proverbs? That's in the Old Testament in the Bible. Yeah, it's uh, 31 it verse chapters. An, it has an answer for most everything you can think of. Do you think and Solomon it, actually it, wrote all those, the first 29 of them? Do you think Solomon no, wrote all those? No, I, I don't think Solomon wrote them all. But yeah, I, I don't think, think so either. I think, I think Solomon had a really good PR man. But I think that there's some good stuff in, in Proverbs. It's probably my well, favorite. Well, he did have a good PR man. That was God himself, because <laughs> he asked God for knowledge and wisdom. So uh, what are you, Ava, have you heard us discussing something tonight that you think there's a specific answer for that you'd like to bring up? You mean the uh, strip search and all that? It, well, it seems like that, that uh, I have, it seems like people ought to have privacy in their lives. Uh, I heard one time on the radio that uh, boys and girls who were taught uh, sex in the class uh, mixed, that the girls just lost their uh, innocence, that it really upset the girls to be to hear about all that. You think they should be taught uh, well, the same stuff? It should just be a segregated classroom? Well, if uh, not necessarily. Uh, I think the parents ought to do it, but uh, I think that if they were going to do that, that they'd at least think about that part of it because, you know, at about that age girls are bashful, boys are bashful, some of them are matured and some of them are not, you know, uh, bodily. And uh, it's just an embarrassing thing. And uh, I think that's why sometimes those children kill themselves is because they're embarrassed so much. And, you know, girl, children can be uh, be cruel, more cruel than grown-ups. Uh, I, I would agree with they you can, on that one. Absolutely. I, I, no no and, doubt about it. I um, tend to... It, it, I, it I, seems I, like when... Uh, it seemed like even... I'm old, but it seemed like even when I was a child, two friends that got along were fine. But when the third one came along, eventually there'd be some division and jealousy among the three. There's some wisdom in what you say. (laughs) There's a lot of problems that kids face. Thank thank you for the call. I appreciate it. 855-450-3733. I'm not entirely certain that the Bible is a solution to all of our problems, but uh, (laughs) I did think that there was a lot of wisdom in what Ava was saying. Yeah, well, she was bringing up, you know, some principles and stuff. And I do think parents should teach their their kids about sex and their bodies, don't you think? There's uh, one of these lost books of the Bible. It's called The Wisdom or The Book of Wisdom or The Wisdom of Solomon. And um, in it, Solomon uh, goes into the spirit world and he fights off the demons and for God. And that's how he gets uh, he gets his favoritism with God and, and that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. I, I do have to agree that my my favorite book of the Bible really is uh, Proverbs. And it has it has 31 chapters in it. For many, many years, I read a chapter every day uh, because there's up to 31 day, 31 um, uh, chapters in a month. And, you know, I think 
there's a lot of good stuff. I don't think by for any any second that uh, Solomon wrote every one of them, but he takes the credit for them, which then brings in uh, you know draws in sort of the dubiousness of the Bible. I mean, if he takes credit for those first twenty nine chapters, um, uh, there's some other fellow who gets the, the thirty and thirty one. Uh, I mean, do you think that there could be other uh, books or like philosophy studying those kind of things, ways that you could derive? Moral lessons besides reading the Bible? Well, I mean, at the time, uh, you know, paper was pretty valuable stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know, putting these things down, I, I think that there's, yeah, I think that you can get, uh, you know, valuable lessons from all over, but you should take them from everywhere that you can get them. Um, you know, I, I don't know. It, a lot of the advice is keep your mouth shut, uh, you know, <laughs> which doesn't really work. <laughs> we for, don't follow for, for that here on Free Talk Live. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, none, nonetheless, I kind of think when it comes to uh, sex ed that there's some biology that's involved. And I don't know mm-hmm. that parents are necessarily, uh, you know, not every parent is qualified to teach the, the, the biology of sex ed. Frankly, I think, you know, since we, we do homeschooling with Jack – I think all stuff should be learned at home, not uh, not in school. Um, but yeah, you know. I mean, especially in, in schools nowadays, like they're becoming increasingly militarized and, and kind of like tough places to be, I guess you could say. And I think kids get exposed to a lot of things from their peers that maybe they're not ready for here to hear or they're getting misinformation. And so well, one thing I did, if you can to... give them true information as a parent, then maybe that's that'll help them out. I, you know, I've heard all kinds of the, the stories out there that you can't get pregnant doing it the first time. You can't get pregnant if you're oh, doing yeah. standing up. You can't do, you know, there's there's a lot of stories about, uh, you know, sort of sex that kids tend to be, tend to hear. And I, I assume some <laughs> of them believe it. Yeah. I never believed any of those stories because I got reasonably good sex education before I had sex. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's, I guess that served me well. I didn't have any uh, kids uh, early on, um, un- unwedded children, which, uh, you know, frankly is, uh, by the way, the best way to find out how, uh, how uh, you know, you're going to do in life financially is to, you know, how early did you have your kids and were you unwed when you did it? Mm. Um, so, you know. There you go. Uh, 855-450-3733. I'm giving out the number and uh, we're almost done. This yeah. statistics, it doesn't make it true, just makes it statistically uh, significant. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm all for people having accurate information, especially when it comes to science and biology and stuff. And kids, especially around the age of puberty, they go through lots of changes. And so they could be really confused about what's happening to their bodies and stuff. So I think it's important for them to know, you know. Uh, as for the the idea of you know Ava was talking about girls like losing their innocence when they find out about bi- biological things and I, I don't know if I agree with that I I think information can only set you free yeah I don't know either um you know it's they did separate when I was in uh, t- taking sex ed the the, the kids were separated and Me I think too. that there's value we to saw it. some hilarious videos yeah I think there's value to it you know when we were doing the t- checking for testoc- testicular cancer mm-hmm. um, you know and feeling a little uh, rubber uh, you know beanbag with uh, marbles in it um, you know I, it might have changed things if girls were in the room it's been Mark with you and Stephanie freetalklive.com <laughs> 